Hello there, super friends, and welcome back aboard the Wave Rider for the final two parts of Crisis on Infinite Earths. Once again, I'm joined by an elite team of legends displaced from their homes by the Anti-Monitor. First up, we have Nicola, the Paragon of Hope. Hello, Nicola. Hello. Next up, we have Ben, the Paragon of Honor. How are you doing? Hello. Oh, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Apart from good. not being able to read my own handwriting. <laughs> Next up, we've got Jim, the Paragon of Truth. What's up? Hello. And then we have Rob, the Paragon of Love. Hello there. Oh, hello. Yeah, I thought you might like that one. <laughs> I, I figured no one would want to be Batwoman, so I took that one for myself. <laughs> and with me, as always, is my Paragon of Destiny, Martin. Say hello, Martin. Hello. Why Destiny? That's Sarah. She's um, like the best one. Okay. And I, of course, am Neil. I'm your host and the Paragon of Courage, otherwise known as Batwoman, the one that no one wants. <laughs> Harsh. <laughs> Welcome aboard our Some time ship for Crisis on Infinite Podcasts. So today we're Woo! covering parts four and five of the epic DC TV crossover event. These were the Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow episodes. So I'm going to kick off with a quick fire question. Uh, and I just want you to all shout out one by one. Don't worry. Uh, not all at once because we'll never know what's going on. What your favourite moment in the Arrow Hour of the crossover was? Jim? Oh, I can't remember what happened. <laughs> um, Arrow. Yeah. Um, I mm, Probably The Flash, right? Yep. It's got to be. Okay. Rob? Yeah, I've, it has to be The Flash. Nicola? Yeah, Flash. Martin? <laughs> Flash. Ben? Uh, Lex? <laughs> no, not really. No, man as well. The Flash. Flash meets Flash. Can't beat it. And I was going to say Flash meets Flash. I figured that that was going to be the case, but I thought, you know what? I'm going to throw that question in just to see if we're all on the same page. Oh, yes. See, the problem is, is both parts have become one part in my yeah. head. Yeah. So it's very difficult for me to like distinguish what happened in each part. So I'm like, well, I just, I remember all of it. I think that's part of the problem with them showing them both back to back. Mm. And it's kind of weird that we had that whole, like, you know, you're going to watch one episode each night for the first three nights then have a month off, and then, ah, do you know what, we'll just give you the whole thing in one go. <laughs> By the way, we're finishing with Legends of Tomorrow. What? Yes. That was so random. <laughs> so random. So, uh, for me, this episode didn't quite land, and I think I'd probably say this is uh, the, the weakest one of the five episodes for me, because it feels just a little bit too haphazard. Like, uh, you know, we start off, we're at the vanishing point, then we're in the Speed Force, but then Kara is on Mar Novu's home planet, and then we're at the dawn of time, and we're having a fight, and then Oliver's dying again. Um, Rob, I'm coming to you. I know that you said you were uh, you ugly cried, uh, which I'm going to guess is probably over Oliver's second death. So tell me what you were feeling when you were watching this one. I think this was the best part of all five Ooh, for me. Ooh, interesting. No, I understand what you're saying. It it, yep. it kind of was a little bit rushed, maybe. But um, I I felt like right from the get-go it kind of stepped up a gear and it was a little bit more exciting. And then, I know we're not talking about that now, but then I felt like the episode after was just a little bit pointless. Okay. Interesting. I, I have to kind of echo Rob's yep. thoughts there, which I'll be honest, I never thought I would say. <laughs> yeah, <it's> okay. <laughs> um. But for me, I'm not sure if I felt like this was the strongest out of all the episodes, but I definitely thought this episode was stronger than the final episode. Yeah. 
um, I just think I felt like there are elements in in the Arrow episode that should have been in the final episode, but essentially Oliver dying. I know it, that's why I felt I, it was weird to have Legends last. Yeah, because it's like we we've built all of this up and we've gotten to a point where it's all kicking off and Oliver dies, and oh my god, it's so sad. That's all right. Here's Bebo. <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, I'm glad they put Bebo in there though, because we all kind like, of predicted I appreciate Bebo. Bebo right? Do you know what I mean? Like I appreciate it, but uh, what? <laughs> yeah. After you've just gone through Oliver Queen's death, you you don't have Bebo in the next episode when it's all supposed to be building to the final part. I don't know. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Ben, what about you? Um, again, I think I have to echo the thoughts of what's you know already been said. Um, I think these two episodes should have been switched around. I think the Legends should have been the kind of episode four um, because obviously that episode five did have a lot of humour and it was very much a Legends episode. Very much. So I, th- I feel that having kind of like this... This episode should have been the last one. And I feel that, yeah, we shouldn't... You know, the kind of Stephen Amell's sacrifice at the end of this episode should have then led to the final scenes of episode five with the memorial and obviously yeah. what happens there. Yeah. So I, I've, the kind of the flow of the episode felt a little bit jarring. And I do think this was a, a weaker episode than probably episodes two and three, but it also had some of my most favorite moments of all episodes that have gone so far. So it was kind of, it was a mixed one for me. I would agree. It's, it's interesting. I, so I, like I say, it, for me, it didn't quite land, but it's so difficult to know exactly what I think about it just because it had Ezra Miller in it, and that was yeah. huge. Martin, did anyone... How they kept that quiet. I was going to say, that, did yeah. anyone know that no. that was going to be kind of like a thing? Because I was completely in the dark on that. And it, that's why nope. it, I reacted so, like, I, was, I couldn't believe I was actually seeing it because I didn't think they'd actually go there. Nope, no, no one knew about it. Uh, so it was... It wasn't actually filmed at the same time as the rest of the crossover. Um, right. It filmed uh, after the crossover was completed. I think Mark Guggenheim said they'd finished, they'd locked a couple of the episodes already completely and were finishing probably the last two. Um, they'd also finished filming Arrow altogether, so they'd already gone past filming the finale of Arrow and that crew had shut down. Right. And then um, some one of the Warner Brothers execs called up and said... Uh, hey, I'm not sure you'll be able to do this, but can you put Ezra Miller in? So Warner Brothers, like Warner Brothers head, basically said to the, to DCTV, can you add it? Can you add him in? And they said, yeah, That's we can make cool. it work. And then they had to bring a skeleton crew in to get them to do it. But apparently, he flew up to Vancouver, completely like normal passenger plane. He drove to set himself that day, and absolutely no one picked up on it, and none of the crew <laughs> that were on set said a word. Oh, That's good. amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, Martin, what did you think about this one? Yeah, the same, really. Uh, it just felt a bit like, I don't know, I didn't love it. It would have made more sense if that was the last episode instead of having all the drama then, people. <laughs> <laughs> Nicola, coming to you. Um, yeah, I kind of feel the same way. And, and the, the fight with the anti-monitor was just a bit meh, if that makes sense. That's a good point. The thing is, right, I, f- I kind of felt like, oh, they've done all of this to defeat him. Then he just turns up again. Oh, no. Oh, and hi then there. they were just like, that's right, we'll just make him really little. <laughs> what? There is. So what? 
now that it's... I just think Sorry, that what they should have done is they should have gone the Arrow episode as it is, episode 4, fantastic. But then episode 5 should have been about what's changed. Yeah. All You don't even need the anti-monitor in it. You could have no. removed that part completely. It could have just been everyone coming to, to grips with what's new in the universe because they changed everything. And also kind of dealing with the loss of Oliver. I think that would have made a more poignant episode rather than throwing some random person who's, who's stealing stuff from a bank and Bebo and then here's the Anit Monitor. Turns out you can defeat him really, really easily. Why don't you think of this before? He was a Constantine yeah. villain, wasn't he? Oh, Sargon. Yes, Sargon, he was, yeah. Sargon, that's the one. I was just like, okay, this is a bit weird. About the action, uh, so same interview where Guggenheim was talking about how they did the Ezra Miller thing. Um, he was asked a lot of questions about people that were missing from these two episodes. So the lack of Cisco, Iris, Laurel, the fact that there was a whole load of kind of the supporting characters that were missing. And what he said was they'd already spent as much as physically possible trying to make sure they had better visual effects and to get as many people in as they did that they had to make certain choices that were creative in order to work with the money that they had. And one of those things was that to bring in as many characters as they did, they had to have less action. And I thought that's an interesting point. Maybe well, I'm all right with that. I, again, you don't need action all the time yeah. because they they do heartfelt stuff well. Yeah. So they should. I think. I just think in the final episode they should have just lent on that more and just yeah. no no action at all and just because the the multiverse has been brought back together, but the Flash is sitting there hanging out with um with uh, White Canary instead of going to see his wife. Yeah. It just, I don't know, there were bits that just felt a bit odd. And I'm like, why why are they not all getting together and, like, consoling each other? Like they did it right at the end, with that final bit where they're yeah. all sat around and, oh, everybody's sad, no. But, like, with more people, get get rid of the anti-monitor. Get rid of the, the um, Death Eaters. Don't need it. <laughs> death Eaters. <laughs> don't, we don't need a massive Bebo. As much as I loved it, we didn't need it. Am I right in saying that Laurel wasn't even in any of it yeah she was in the arrow episode she was there oh yeah when... she was in the in a memory scene, yeah but that, that was when... a bit stupid but what i don't understand about that is like... still in it <laughs> what i don't understand you asked the question oh, if she I... was in it she was in it okay God. anyway <laughs> what i don't understand is that she was the one helping oliver prepare for this and yeah she did she didn't even feature in it that's right neither did his kids or felicity <laughs> Yeah, that was a good thing. I'm, I'm <laughs> saving. I'm saving her for later. Given Sorry. that they, uh, <laughs> given that they introduced Psycho Pirate in Elseworlds, and he's an integral part of the Crisis comic book, they cut him he out of Crisis completely. altogether. Yeah, I don't know. It was just an interesting choice. It uh, is. There are some really uh, interesting choices, aren't there? Yeah. Um, and then it seems I like didn't that... hate them though. I didn't no, hate no, no. it. Like, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Just. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Lots to consider. Yeah. So do we think that this felt like, given that this was his second crossover death, did this feel like a fitting uh, end for Oliver? Um, I think I pointed out to you, didn't I, Martin, as we were watching it, that actually I hadn't really computed the fact that this was an analogy for the whole Arrowverse as it was, that it started with Oliver, he was creating a universe, like he created the universe on TV, and it was kind of ending with him at the same time. 
Um, so was it a clever twist on that kind of story? Martin, what did you think? Yeah, I think it was a nice twist. I mean, you you've, I mean, when we watched it the first time, you were a bit like, oh my God, here we go, he's going to die again. But did it land for you more, given that this was a bit more epic than maybe the first one? Um, Not really. I was a little bit mm. bored of seeing him die again. <laughs> and then everybody cry again. <laughs> so I was a bit like, oh, okay, it's happened again. Is he going to come back? And then it'll happen again. Well, at least they didn't bring him back. Yeah, I, I, that was an interesting story. I didn't even think they would consider that he would be back when the universe fixed. So when they went, when Flash and Supergirl went running to the bunker as if they were going to find Oliver, I thought that was that I hadn't anticipated that at all. I was half expecting them to pop up and be the new Monitor. Ooh, that would have been an interesting choice. Nicola, did you think this one worked for him? Yeah, I think it was okay. <laughs> I much preferred, you know, the ending of the. Um, the fifth part where they kind of did a tribute to him with the chair I thought that was a bit more emotional in a way Um, because like Martin said I was a bit like oh he's dying again I'm going to get sad again (laughs) especially as we've still got two episodes of Arrow left yeah exactly he's going to appear in Um, those we know one's set with setting up the new Green Arrow but surely the last one's what a clip show I do (laughs) wonder whether it's going to be like some kind of memorial um, I don't know, I, I hope I'm not spoiling anything for anybody about next episode of Arrow, but there were some set photos that showed there was a huge statue of Oliver as the Green Arrow in Star City 2040. So I'm I'm going to guess that we're going to see the unveiling of some statue, like the end of uh, The Dark Knight Rises for Batman, in kind of memoriam of the Green Arrow's death. So I wonder nice. if it's going to be people kind of visiting Oliver's memorial and remembering their favourite moments of the Green Arrow. Damn. That's that's blatantly what it's going to be, isn't it? Ben, coming to you, how did you feel about this second death of Oliver? Um, I've seen him die too many times now for it to kind of really hammer home that you know I'm going to get upset about it. Um, yeah. I think this was done much better than the first episode. Um, yeah. But for me, it wasn't really about Oliver. Like, obviously, Stephen Mel performed it like beautifully with like the kind of the you know the tear of you know when he's lying down yeah um but kind of leading to that point um the fight that kind of led to his demise obviously he you know he rebirthed the kind of you know the whole universe um he basically just hugged it out with the anti-monitor and that yes. was a very weird kind of anticlimactic fight and kind of you know he's saying it's all you know everything's led to this point what you know, eight seasons and all everything that you've been for has led to you to basically just hug a guy. You know, I want. You know, I know you said like they said they want. To, you know, they couldn't really spend much time on the fighting. But for me, Arrow, when they do have their fight scenes with like you know when um, Bamford directs them, yeah, the, the, they're so good. And I think that was really missing in this whole kind of final sequence. So when I, um, so with the like you know with the uh, Dementors flying around and you got you know Ryan just like punching them and they're just disappearing into air they're like it was they're all pointless they were not needed and how did Ryan manage to kind of fend you know all these off with no fight training but then Oliver at the end of the first episode you know get killed by them I surely you know well, he will be able to kind of you know if if they basically explode on impact how can they even touch it but <laughs> I wanted you know you know he's basically got at this point he's spectre he's got the power of a god you know just conjure up this you know a bow of lightning or you know an infinite quit you know um, arrows out of his quiver, you know, make it something more than just a little hug, and then he's gone. But I did like um, 
uh, Barry and Sarah's kind of reaction, and I did like the line of, you know, how it kind of came full circle to, you know, there's um, an end and a beginning. So I thought it was done well towards the end of it, but yeah, I was just, I don't think that hit me as much as, say, the example when Digger was involved in the yeah. next episode, where it was like, you know, that's twice now and he's gone. You know, that hit me more than I think Oliver's kind of death does. And it was going to be interesting how they handle the uh, the next two episodes of Arrow with, um, with you know, with uh, Oliver Queen. You have failed this universe. Oh, dear. Oh, that yes. was quite funny. <laughs> Rob, yeah. Um, I don't want to make you ugly gonna... cry. No, 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 I'm past that point now. <laughs> <laughs> first of all, for me, when he died in the first episode, it, it was too quick and easy that yeah. when I was watching it, I thought, no, sure, that's not it. They're not going to have a whole crossover without him. Um, so, for me watching this, it was more final, and knowing that it's ending now anyway, I didn't think that there was a way that he would come back. But I agree with what Ben just said, that it he died with kind of no one around him that should have been around him so it it did make it a little bit more emotional when you saw Diggle's reaction to it in the next episode and this is why I think Felicity should have been in that scene no she shouldn't <laughs> and sit back and here we go <laughs> I was coming to you Jim next so that's, that's perfect that's a perfect Felicity segue um I don't know it was an interesting one because the thing that, that bugged me about that bit was when Lex is like oh yeah I'm the paragon of truth now. Let's use this bit of paper and all really think hard. Oh, <laughs> oh like, yeah, what? that was actually awful. Let's all stand and look and up at the They literally the just stood there staring. It was like, like a Care Bear stare, wasn't it? It was a Care Bear <laughs> stare. That's exactly what it was. And I was like, hmm, there needs to be something more to it than this. Uh, yeah, I would have preferred to have seen the Anti Monitor and Oliver Queen throw down properly. Yeah. Like when they first started and they're both like using powers and it was quite cool to see Oliver using powers for yeah, the first time. Yeah. That was cool, but I wanted more of that as opposed to, yeah, the bro hug of doom. <laughs> um, and then, I don't know, I quite liked how he died again. Um, it It is diminishing returns every yeah. time he dies. But this one felt a lot more f- final. And although, well, I guess... Felicity probably should have been there. She's wife, whatever. <laughs> it bothered me more that Diggle wasn't there. Yeah. 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 Um, But I did appreciate the fact that Sarah was there and Barry were there. Because Sarah obviously started it all with him anyway. Felicity yeah, absolutely. didn't. Um, Sarah was there before Felicity, so that makes more sense. Um, And also Barry was kind of the first... Well, he was the first offshoot <laughs> of Arrow, but he was the first hero... That the Green Arrow inspired as well. Yeah. Which yeah. I think then lends itself to when Diggle gave him the mask. Yes. Gives, um, because ev- loads of people online are like, why doesn't Diggle kept the mask? But it's like, well, actually, Barry made that mask for Oliver. So for him to get it back is kind of, for me, makes more sense. I much preferred the final tribute with them all there and the bits in the bunker when everybody's in pieces. That felt more emotional than yeah, definitely this shot in a, a what was it? A 
quarry like just a quarry <laughs> yeah yeah um, like a good dirty quarry, quarry. <laughs> a dirty quarry um while uh multiverse is being thought up above them yeah i don't know it's a weird one because there were bits that i really really enjoyed and there were bits that i just didn't feel like hit and it it felt all a bit disjointed and something should have come later something should have come earlier yeah no it just it felt a bit all over the place so another point that this one kind of focused on more the beginning of this episode, I guess, but we got to see the monitor's origin, um, and if I'm not mistaken, it was quite different to the comic book. Uh, Jim, you're probably the most comic book versed on Crisis on Infinite Earths. What did you think of how they did the monitor's origin? I hate it when you put me on the spot. <laughs> um, I'm I, asking everyone, don't worry, I'm just coming to you To first. be honest, I didn't see the point of it. There are weird, things that it? didn't make sense, right? There are certain things that didn't make sense, okay? So, they were in uh, Vanishing Point because nothing else was there. Everything yep. else was gone, right? But somehow, the Speed Force still exists, which means that time travel still exists. Well, then, if yeah. time travel still exists, Let's just, fix the whole just thing. go back a little bit. Um, you know, you don't need to be... I don't know, it just felt weird. It felt like, oh, well, everything's gone, except it's not really, because we've still got access to the entire multiverse anyway. So they could have gone anywhere, and they just went back and said, you know what, just don't do that. And he's like, oh, yeah, all right, I won't do that. And then it turns out a different version of him did it. That That whole thing, I was just like, there's no point of any of this. It didn't... I couldn't get my head around it. I was like... I. I appreciated the fact that they tried to give a bit more context to who the monitor was. But I don't then think it you needed like, it. No, you didn't necessarily need it, did you? But it was just like, okay, so we're seeing that he lived on this planet and he had a wife and they were doing some sort of experiment and then he got stuck. So actually, if we're going to see any more of the monitor, it's going to be this different monitor from another universe, not the monitor from our universe. And then there wasn't really an origin for the anti-monitor. He was just already there at the dawn of time. And then it the really thing baffled is, me. They- they could yeah, have done that, that bit. They could have done the whole him being at the dawn of time and then the Anik Monitor being there at the dawn of time. That was fine. Yeah. I just yeah. don't think they needed Supergirl and Lex and Ryan to go and talk to him. No, I completely agree. Um, considering everybody else went back to moments from their own sort of series or you know, from the other series that were things we'd seen before, for it to then be them going to another planet. I was like, well, that doesn't quite fit the mould of what everyone else is doing. There was no and real since point when, to that. And since when can Barry travel between Earths? Uh, but yeah. not just Earths, but different planets. <laughs> just yeah. via the Speed Force. Well, he yep. can now, because Oliver touched his head and he's got even... Oh, more. his full potential was unlocked. You're right. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah. That was yes. anticlimactic as well. Oh, I totally missed that. I didn't even realise that that happened. Yeah, he touched his head and he was like, I've now unlocked your full potential. But there was no spark, no nothing. No, like, his symbol didn't glow or nothing. He literally <laughs> That'd just... be why I missed that. I've watched that episode three times. <laughs> <and> <laughs> not given him a peck that. on the cheek. And it would have been <laughs> fine. Okay, so I, I'm still going to ask this to everyone else anyway. So, Nicola, what did you think of seeing the origins of the Monitor? Mm, with someone who hasn't really read all of the book it yeah. kind of gave a little bit of context but not much if that makes sense I yeah. kind of felt like they could have done something else at that time like maybe a couple more cameos um, like you know the one, the huge one that they missed uh, Dean Kane and Terry yes. Hatcher Linda Carter <laughs> yeah Linda Carter, true Helen um, Slater yeah 
Um, so yeah, it just felt a bit wasted, really. Okay, Ben, what about you? Um, yeah, I think I agree with Nicola. I think there is that entire kind of segment could have been done in some kind of exposition somewhere else um, with a character, or you know, just it could have been done within like a minute. It didn't need the uh, the amount of time that it did have focused on it, and it wasn't really kind of central to the point. You could have got yep. still got to that kind of you know monitor meeting anti monitor another kind of point. You didn't need to go back to the you know the planet Maltus. You didn't need to kind of go there at all um, for those kind of scenes because they didn't really add anything to the story, or it just so it kind of just it slowed the episode down a bit for me. Um, so the only kind of yeah, so it didn't really work. But the only question I've got in the vanishing point: How long were they actually at the vanishing point at the start? Was it a couple? I don't of months? think he said, did he? A couple it's of months. It was like yeah. it was a quite a few. I think it was like three or four when months. Barry, he said, "Yeah, when oh, Barry yeah. came back, they said that he'd been gone months, didn't they?" Yeah. But, but only Ryan grew a beard. No one else. No, yeah, um, no one else. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, you know, he's gone for a couple. Flash's gone for a couple of seconds. They've been there for a couple of months. I know it's a TV show, but what did they eat? I yeah, it was that. the food. If they were there for months, like, did they drink? You know, where, where's all this food coming from? That you know, there's nothing there but mechanical parts. But I guess they'll just say Lex just whipped up a little kind of food processor, a la Star Trek. <laughs> the just a little hologram thing, and then boom, there's your food. But <laughs> yeah, no, the the planet Malta stuff and the monitor, as I could have you know take it or leave it. But I think time could have been spent on other areas of the episode where it lacked. And that could have been the great time to kind of really build on the the scenes that they needed to build up a little bit more. Maybe someone grabbed a pack of biscuits when they started disappearing. <laughs> Maybe. But what kind of biscuits would they have taken? Hobnobs, Ooh, obviously. Chocolate, chocolate hobnobs. Yeah. Ginger oh nut. yeah. Ginger nut. No, because there's no tea, which means that you yeah, can't then yeah, soften the ginger yeah. nut and enjoy it to its full potential. Full potential. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you needed someone to do exposition, you just needed John Jones. Which yeah. is my yeah. thoughts on the next episode. Yeah. But before we get there, Martin, thoughts on the uh, anti uh, on the monitor. Sorry, not the anti monitors. Origin. Um. Yeah, I could have done without it. Unless you're going to go full comic and go to uh, well, Owen and all that stuff, then yeah. I'm not really interested. You did at least get to see that random bit where they were in the upstairs room at the monitor's house, and Supergirl flipped around in the background completely randomly through there. Yeah, I enjoyed window. that. Well, you've got to do a bit of cardio every now and then. I spent the whole of that scene going, I bet that set isn't really upstairs from the bit where the other bit is. It's probably next door. And then she flipped past the window. I was like, oh, okay. Fair, fair play. <laughs> that's so random, Neil. You you think the most random things, <laughs> that's, don't you? Uh, that's my film degree talking there. Right. I'm like, how did they lay this out? How is this constructed? Oh, but you're not supposed to film upstairs, are you? Exactly. Staircases to nowhere. If I learn anything from walking around Universal Studios, it's that staircases don't generally lead anywhere. <laughs> uh, Rob, I didn't ask you. What did you think of uh, seeing Monitor Origin? Morigin, uh, for short. Morigin. Um, I kind of agree with what Nicola said, because at the start of the whole thing, I was like, oh, this is quite cool, but then it just kind of led nowhere and ended up a bit pointless and wasted time. Okay, short and sharp. <laughs> Just like Rob. <laughs> <laughs> we touched on it a little bit, but Oliver as Spectre. Um, did it work for everyone? What did everyone think of seeing this new Sith version of Oliver? Sith. <laughs> Martin, coming to you first on this one. Um... I like that there was a reference when Ryan. Was it, it was Ryan, wasn't it? Said to me, you look yeah. very Sith. Yeah. I, I, I didn't like it. 
I mean, oh, you're oh. more well versed in comic books that have Spectre and that kind of character in, so it it wasn't necessarily the most Spectre uh, Spectre Spectre yeah. Oh, but so when they had the bro hug at the end, yep, the the bro hug of death, yep. I wanted to see the Spectre, actually see him in spectral form. Hmm. Because the whole thing with so if you go back to like Jim Corrigan, he isn't yes he isn't really the Spectre. The Spectre is the sort of a roommate. Yeah, it's inside him, isn't it? So the Spectre sort of pop out, Jim will fall over, then the Spectre's out and about doing what he does. Yeah. But Oliver just seemed to have powers. Whereas the Spectre's whole thing's about him being the wrath of God and punishing the the damned. It just didn't really it just seemed like a really easy excuse to power up. Oliver and bring him back. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't thought about it like that. So what would be an easy way to say, oh, let's just seize the Spectre. But not actually see the Spectre. Well done on doing that, not as Sean Connery, by the way. I know, it was really hard. (laughs) (laughs) Spectre. Ben, what are your thoughts on Spectre Oliver? Um, Underwhelming, I think, overall. Um, I know they've got a limited budget and there's only certain things they could do, but I just think just sticking him in like his little kind of green robes um was just yeah the only coloured his eyes like once um so yeah I was a bit disappointed in the end um hopefully you know obviously he's going to still be around and going back for future crossovers and all those kind of things so hopefully they spend a bit more time on the look and the design and how he actually kind of uses his you know his powers um but yeah, other than the jokes about the kind of you know looking very safe, and then he stood on he stood on the hill, well at the top of the quarry, looking down like Luke Skywalker, um, you know. So there's quite a few Star Wars references there. He just, yeah, it just over, just very underwhelming, I think overall. The voice modulation I couldn't get past. I, I when he first was there in Purgatory, and it because when Stephen Mel speaks, when he's, he's sometimes he's very softly spoken. Yeah. So I really struggled with the first bit of his when he's basically kind of learning about his powers and they're going for all the clips of like all his previous fights and when he first started I thought no they can't do that for every time he speaks because you're just going to be unable to hear what he's actually saying so yeah a bit, a bit of a strange choice and then it just kind of disappears when you next see him so <laughs> I guess you know forgetting about it or deciding oh do you know what yeah we're not gonna we've made a mistake there uh, I'll let him off uh, on that one because I think if they kept with the voice modulation for the entire thing uh, yeah, it would not have been good. Narrative convenience. Uh, yes. Nicola, what did you think of this? Um, I mean, it was okay. It was good to see um, Stephen Amell finally get some powers, which I thought was quite nice. It was really nice to see, actually. It was cool. It, that that made for at least a good visual effect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think what Ben said, I mean, not enough glowiness. <laughs> <laughs> Bit disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> Jim, what about you? Um, I'm going to buck the trend a little bit here Wait. and say I enjoyed it. Okay. Um, I I totally get where Ben is coming from. I really do, Ben. I, d- I get where you're coming from. I do. Thank you. Um, but for me, I'm like, well, he's been the Spectre for what three minutes. Um, <laughs> so he's he's maybe not learned as much as he could from yeah. Jim yeah. Corrigan. So he's kind of like he doesn't even really know how to use these powers, and he's only been kind of made to be this thing for one specific purpose. He's not he he's not the version of Spectre in the comics. He's not God's wrath that Jim Corrigan is. He's just the Spectre for this specific moment. Because in theory, 
now he's gone, there's two ways they could play it. They could do the whole, oh, he's the Spectre, so he can come back every now and again. At which point, yeah. I would hope then, if he does come back, he's more Spectre Spectre. Yeah. <laughs> Spectre Spectre? Yeah. Or they just put the Spectre back in Jim Corrigan and bring him in. Yeah, that would be better. At which point, then you go mental with it. So, but so I didn't mind it so much. I was like, oh, well, he's only Baby Spectre, really. <laughs> and the the voice modulation they played with. One minute it's really really high, the next minute it's just there, and one <laughs> one part it was gone completely. Um, but I, I liked it. I the one thing I didn't enjoy was his raincoat. Yeah, <laughs> it felt too plasticky. It should be a uh, a cloth robe, in my opinion. Yeah, but then I guess a cloth robe. Then he basically does just like Palpatine. But yeah, that it just felt like he was wandering around in in a, a raincoat that was two sizes too big for him. That was the problem I had. With it. So there you go. That's definitely my thoughts anyway. He looks a bit well, ill as well. Yeah, <laughs> he, yeah, he definitely looked ill. He it was very strange. He had a green. Rob, what did you think? Um, I think it had potential, but then I think because the episode was quite rushed, you just didn't get to see very much of anything that could have happened but like everyone else has said it was really nice to see him have some powers yeah definitely. but i'm gonna say something a little bit controversial Ooh. i don't want Stephen amell to come back because, <gasps> no what? this is why because i feel like we've had to say goodbye to this now okay and it it's just i feel and also maybe from things that he said as well i think he's he's done with it and that it's all in the past but whenever they get people come back it, it's just it never kind of has the impact that you expect so i think leave it as it is interesting i think that's a fair point yeah yeah and is. i'm surprised that that came from rob i'm not gonna yeah lie. no i'm a huge <laughs> fan like i i don't want it to end but i just think we've all had to say goodbye to it now so Twice. Again, twice. and again, yeah. and again. <laughs> and, you know, we have two episodes without him, so that's going to be fun as well. It's almost like the Watchmen effect in a way, in the, you know, we've seen it. It's kind of become a complete entity. We've seen the, you know, the birth of the Green Arrow through to the death of the Green Arrow. And actually, is could telling more story actually add anything? Or is it the kind of thing that you need to say, do you know what? Close the door, move on from it. It is what it is. It ended well. Let's not diminish that. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. Okay, so let's go back to the cameo of all cameos. Who managed to not get spoiled before the before seeing it? Me. Me. For I did. Yeah, I didn't. I, I had think, it spoiled. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> you. Now, am I right in thinking that you still shut Twitter even though you'd already seen? The spoiler? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I saw the picture. <laughs> I don't know why. I literally clicked off Twitter because I was scared, and yeah. Well, it's the fear that what came next, like, were you then going to see, like, Gal Gadot in the next bit? Yeah. but So I unfortunately it, did get spoiled on this one. It oh. didn't take away any of the fun, though, to be no, fair. No, it didn't. No. I think I, um, so I got up for work that morning, not even thinking that there'd be, obviously not expecting there to be anything that major. And it was headline on comic book movie. It was a headline on superhero hype. It was all over Instagram and it was all over Twitter. And I was just like, damn it, I've seen it now. I can't unsee it. 
Yeah, I, I just I stayed away from everything until same. until I watched it. I was like, I'm not looking at anything because I know what's. Go- I'm not even going to open up the internet <laughs> except to watch the episode, and then I'm like, I'm done. But, but you know no. what? Normally that is me. I I if I want to avoid spoilers, I just won't go on it. So I don't know why I did that day. <laughs> that fateful day. <laughs> okay, so what was everyone thinking when they watched it for the first time? I was I just I completely flipped out. Because I just didn't expect them to... Like, I, I hoped that they would do something from the movies. And p- stupidly just sort of thought, well, you know, they'll try and get, like, Cavill or Gal Gadot or someone. Uh, I never... Ezra Miller never crossed my mind whatsoever. The idea of Flash... Seemed like a much easier Flash. get as well. Yeah. And then to watch it, it was... Apparently Jim Lee was really heavily involved in the writing of it. I don't know if um, Andy Machete, who's directing the Flash film, was. But uh, Guggenheimer said that he went back and forth with with Jim on it to try and pin down the scene and have it fit with what they're trying to do for the Flash movie um, and then I, I hadn't even really computed the fact that in Justice League he's never called the Flash No. so the fact no. that we might now see in Flashpoint or whatever they're going to call the film when it comes out, that he got his name from Grant Gustin is just yeah. insane. That's incredible isn't but it? Do you it, think that's going to feed into the film because it would be incredible if it did I hope it does, I don't think, I think it will but I, really, I think really they'd be missing a trick if they didn't. Yeah, exactly. I think that that is possibly the reason why Warner Brothers asked for him to be in it. Yeah. Mm. Because they're going into production fairly soon on the film. It's obviously pretty hot in their minds that that's going to be the next thing to kick off filming. I mean, you've got Batman that's already filming, Wonder Woman done, Birds of Prey done. So The Flash is the next thing that kind of goes into production for them. So I, I think we're actually laying the groundwork for it. So it's kind of, I've just slightly jumped ahead from one question to another question, so we'll just do this all in one. Um, but I think that's what we're seeing. And we, I won, part of me wonders if they did all that in widescreen because they're thinking that that scene might turn up on the big screen at some point, well, rather than when, it being a stylistic choice for the episode. Yeah, because I did think something's very strange, because when um, Barry first goes into, like, you know, into the Speed Force after um, his, you know, potential has been unlocked, um, yep. the aspect ratio changed. Yeah. And I was like, huh, what's going on here then? This is a bit strange. So I, yeah, I can see that actually, you know, again, I don't, I really hope they do, but I think it can feed into the film. And I think, like you just said, Jim, they will be missing a trick if they don't. Because, yeah. you know, I think with this Flash film and Ezra Mizra, uh, Ezra Mizra? <laughs> Ezra Miller <laughs> uh, in particular, he's so. Good. Like I really enjoy his version of Barry Allen and how he just has so much fun with the role. And I think the Flash movie could really, really use this kind of out there kind of thinking that okay, there might you know people who don't watch any of the Arrow shows, you know, they might when it happens if it does, they won't really kind of think oh that's the guy from the Flash TV show. You know, they might not make that connection. But if you know even if it's just a small scene, I really do hope that these two things do kind of connect because they know historically they've been very kind of wanted to separate the tv shows with the films but when you just said that you know earlier that you know they actually Warner Brothers actually rang up saying can yeah. we actually include him that's got me thinking now um that it could very much well include in the film and i really really want to see it one thing that i've not really picked up on so if any of you have it'd be interesting to, to hear what you've seen of it but apparently there is a there's a real community of people out there in the wonderful world of social media that kind of pit Ezra and Grant against each other as to, you know, yeah. which is the better these two yeah. should, you know, it shouldn't kind of coexist. And you've got the people that are very much on Grant Gustin's side saying he should be the Flash in the films. And then you've got people saying well this is just a TV show. Ezra Miller is the Flash and he is the Flash. And Ezra Miller has apparently been quite vocal about the fact that 
he appreciates that there is a multiverse and that this is a multiverse and that Grant is as much the Flash as he is and that he's apparently at some point in the past has said it would be great for the two of them to meet up somehow. So I think that's why he was all in on doing it at the same time. I remember when he was cast for the film, there was a huge thing about why have you cast another Flash when we've already got a Flash. Yeah. So I think it was actually quite nice that they did this for that sake. And I think, yeah, I think it was quite nice for Grant to kind of pass the baton onto like a newer Flash in this universe because he's always been the newest one. Yeah. See, I always said from from like day one um, that I saw the movies because there was always always this thing. Oh, Stephen Amell should play Green Arrow in the films, and it was always very much this disconnect. Where especially when Marvel were doing their whole, oh, we've got films, but our TV shows feed into the films, and they're like mm, they should do the well. same thing. Yeah, not well, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but then they're like, then people are like they should do the same thing, on, on Arrow and stuff. And I was just like, no, it's a multiverse. The films exist on one Earth, and the TV shows exist on another. And this whole thing just proved it. And I was like, see, told you. Um, <laughs> but also, of course, there's different versions of the Flash. We've seen that there's different versions of Superman. Yep. Different versions of Lex Luthor. Yeah, played by different people. So, why not? Yeah. And I loved it, and that's why it was so good because it's just like here's a different version of Barry Allen from a different Earth. Oh, but also like if they put that into a part of the film, it would then draw eyes back onto the TV show, Absolutely. and Warner Brothers as a whole goes, "Yeah, we see you, Marvel. Look what we just did. Yeah, didn't definitely. even mean it. We accidentally made it awesome. Look at us." <laughs> Nicola, what did you think? I mean, you I, you were kind of texting me as you were watching this, so I was waiting for the inevitable message <laughs> that was like, Ezra! Yeah. Well, wasn't it just fun and just full of life? I just loved it. These two characters are just, oh, I mean, actors as well, and Ezra Miller, and I just love the way it was like, no! <laughs> this can't be happening. It was, yeah, I just loved it. I thought it was great. Was like, is this cosplay? Do you yeah. Want, do you want a selfie? Amazing. Martin, what about you? I so I made Martin watch this because I was like, okay, he's either going to go to work and something's going to spoil it for him on the internet, or it's just going to happen. So I'm, I was just like, right, before before you leave, sit, watch this. Yeah, I was a little confused because you were quite aggressive. Uh, <laughs> early, early time in the morning. I, like, you, you, I know it's like half five, but you need to see this now. I was a bit like, okay, it's happening. <laughs> and then I was like, oh yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Did you think I was trying to tell you that the birds of prey were back? It was, yeah, I was thinking it's going to be that woman <laughs> and he's woken me up. And it's, oh. But no, it was pretty cool. I enjoyed it more the second time when I was at the end of the day when I was more awake. <laughs> sorry about that. He's not sorry. He's going to do it again. No. Yeah. What's that Michael McIntyre thing? You're only um, supposed to wake them up if it's snowing or a celebrity has died. Yep. Like, that or superhero cameo. But does this mean that we're now all getting rid of the term Arrowverse and coining the new phrase of live-action DC Universe that people keep saying on social media no. at the moment? No, no, we're not. We're still going to call it the Arrowverse. Because the Arrowverse is the Arrowverse. It was created, it was started by Green Arrow, and that's what it is. There is a multiverse on top of that, but we mostly live in this, in the Arrowverse. Yeah. And, so and anybody... you know what else I'm going to Go say? On. 
Uh, no, because the people who <laughs> no. have no. no because the people who have been slating the Arrowverse for years and years and years and saying it's cheesy and this and that can't just now claim it because they've introduced it into the films. No, exactly. True. Yep. I, I completely agree. We've had to put up with some really bad series of Arrow and Flash. <laughs> we have. Points. We're yeah. not, you can't take this away from us now. And we were here at the beginning, damn it. Oh, don't, don't. I tried to forget. <laughs> Has anybody gone through and watched the promos for the next round of episodes? No. 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 So there is... Please tell me now if you don't want to hear a minor spoiler for The Flash. Um, something quite interesting in the promo for this week's Flash is... I think it's Cisco who says it. But say, the words that he says are, there is no longer a multiverse. Which make me think that because of the Earths having merged for the main cast, they don't realise there's a multiverse out there anymore. And only okay. we know. Oh. Hmm. He That's very specifically says that there is no multiverse. Or the multiverse is gone. Either so as far as they're concerned, they're, because they're on Earth Prime, yeah. and it's merged with... What Earth Two, isn't it? Yeah. Um, that now they believe that there is no. Yeah, but that'll be Barry will be running. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he'll stumble into something. He'll take a and there'll be a gorilla or you know something. It'll it'll come back soon enough. Does anyone else feel that Supergirl has kind of been pushed to being at the forefront of the whole thing now? Yeah. She was very central in that <laughs> memorial scene. She, she was, was much better than she has been in the show. Oh, God, she was amazing. Uh, uh, dial it but down. Compared Back to there, in mate. the show, she <laughs> yes. was amazing. Um, she, but she was quite cute. It's it's interesting <laughs> what they're what they're trying to do then because they've changed everything. So Diggle's got his daughter back. Yeah, oh, yes. yeah, that was which that was, was quite nice. nice. Um, but then, like Supergirl, they've completely changed everything about the entire Supergirl series, which makes me want to watch it. Oh, because Lex is now the hero, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is just weird. <laughs> and Superman now has two kids. Yes. yes. Oh my god, We're, we nearly fell off the sofa. So uh, obviously, John Kent. Who's the yes. other one? Damian Wayne. Someone said. I was like, what? Uh, so they uh, because they were obviously Connor? casting for the. I wondered about Connor, but he's not supposed normally a like actual son. But there could be a whole story there. Well, maybe the problem yeah. is like a teenager or something. Well, so. You remember there was a rumour a couple of months ago that they were going to be doing Super Sons as part of the Superman TV series. That was yes. because the casting call that went out went out for two young boys of around a similar age. Uh, but obviously that now is not Damien and John. It's John and whoever this other child is. So that, in that in my head, it would be Connor. That would be a great yeah. addition. A, a Superboy with Superboy. Two Super Superboys. Yeah, <laughs> super duper duper boys. Super duper boys. <laughs> um, but uh, did anybody what? else hear that rumor? It just came out today that um, it's probably utter nonsense, as most rumors normally are on the internet. Um, did it come from? That, we got this covered. I can't remember where it came <laughs> from. It might come from you. Um, that there, there's talks of maybe a Brandon Routh Superman <gasps> spin-off. That would be so I've good. Not heard that. That would be. Wouldn't amazing. it? I think I read this a while ago. All right, Mr. Oh, got there first. <laughs> no, I swear that I, I thought it was happening, and it, uh, he posted a picture the other day. Um, I, I thought it was happening. Maybe it was a dream. I'd much take him over Tyler. I'm sorry. I, I agree with you. I'm with you. 
I think that's probably the unexpected outcome of Crisis is that now we're all super gutted that he's leaving Legends of Tomorrow and everyone's super a bit like, gutted. oh, Tyler Hecklin, you're all right. Yeah. But he's a flipping brilliant Superman. Yeah, I'm not gutted if it means that he goes to be Superman again. Yeah. Because that technically um, continues the Donnerverse Superman. And so for me, I'm like, I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> he made Tyler look so tiny. Oh, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Lesson. Right, we are nearly at the end of episode four. Um, but before we move on, just want to touch on that final fight in the quarry with the yeah, it was rubbish. Death. <laughs> well, this was going to be my thing, so uh, I, I'm not. This is a feel free to all shout at once, and we'll go completely nuts on this one. But did it feel suitably epic? Was it too easy? No. And yes. did the parag? <laughs> my last sentence that I wrote down was: Did the paragons in air quotes focusing make any sense? No. Nope. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that might be a collective no. <laughs> I kind of wanted it to be like a Captain Planet sort of thing where they all focus <laughs> yes. their powers together oh, to how make awesome like that be? to make the spectre like the spectre. That would have been badass. Yeah, that that would have been so much better than just literally them just standing in a line looking off looking. Camera. Yeah. Care best there. I mean, yeah. Like, what yeah, were they doing? Was, was Supergirl just standing there hoping? And yes, <laughs> you know, like and Ryan Shaw oh. was standing there humaning. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Barry was human. there loving, and I don't really want to say that. So. <laughs> he was loving himself. And, yeah. oh, oh, so weird though. They listened to us about Bebo. Why could they not have listened to us about this? I oh, know. <laughs> and the shadow demons were just awful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like yeah, it's like you, we said before. Uh, I think it was you who said it, Ben. If they're not corporeal and all you have to do is give them a light tap and they turn to dust, how did they take out Oliver? Yeah. I mean, all they needed to do was kind of blink in their general direction (laughs) and they would have disappeared. So it seemed like they became a bit of a plot contrivance and they were whatever they needed to be whenever they needed them. You mean they were a MacGuffin? They were. Oh, my favourite word. (laughs) It's a a Series 7 Buffy. Yeah. So you spend that whole series... Taken down one Uber van that's so difficult yes, that and almost all of the slayers take out thousands of them in one go. And then at the end, they're really easy. Yeah. Because you've got to speed that up. Yeah. I'm glad we're all on the same page. I, would, yeah. I, I, I get what you were saying before, Jim. Like, they do the emotional stuff really well in the Arrowverse, so they don't have to focus on the action. But yeah. even if they pared down the action in other episodes and had just one epic fight to be the. You know the fight that took out the anti. The thing is, would have been in the first three episodes. There were so many fights. Yeah, it's just like maybe don't do one of those. Yeah, and give us a good fight at the end. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Also, am I the only person that thought that Batwoman got pushed right to the back? She really did massively, massively. She had one good scene where it made no sense for her to be there. Nope. Um. And she was really good in it, and I, I enjoyed what it did for her character, making her realise that she needs to trust people more. Mm. Great, yep. but that was it. Oh, no one cares. <laughs> and then, um... <laughs> but the thing is, I kind of do. I kind of feel like you know what, this is your newest character. Give them a little bit more support. Yeah, yeah. If you watch back the fight at uh, what was it, Perez Yard, whatever it was called. Yeah. Um, it's not even Ruby Rose in the costume. It's a stunt double. Is it? <gasps> Ouch. It's a stunt double for um. She was in Dreamer that scene, well. though, right at the beginning with Bebo, where she's like, oh, this is mad. And then they yeah, cut I away. I quite like that, actually. <laughs> yeah. 
But she, yeah, I no, I agree. She did. She disappeared into the background quite a bit. Considering on the poster for the second part, she's up she front was, with Supergirl. Yeah, back to back. She was definitely not up front in the in those episodes. No. Right. Is there anything else that anyone wants to say about episode four? Anything that I have missed that you wish to say before we move on? No, I am good. No. Nicola. No. Martin. No. Okay. Well, let's leave episode four there and move on to episode five, Legends of Tomorrow. First impressions of episode five, Jim? Oh, it was a cluster, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Ben? What about you? Yeah, I think I'm going to echo that exact sentiment. Um, I think we mentioned in the last episode that, you know, these two episodes should have been switched around. I mean, don't get me wrong. I liked lots of this, you know, the fun legend style humor and the elements of that you know make up this that show. But yeah, other than the ending, um, yeah, I it could have been so much better and different, and they could have used it probably a lot better than they did. Martin, where was Constantine? Where was Constantine? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm saying no more. <laughs> Nicola. Uh, just the same. Just a word. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, what about you? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Such enthusiasm. I liked Mick, and I loved the book True. signing scene. Oh, that, that was, was great, yeah, wasn't it? That was great. What was what's his uh, like uh, his name? Rebecca. 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 That's Rebecca. Call me Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah, I echo what you guys say. This one was was a weird way to move on from the heavyish ending of episode four. I thought it was a bit we've random. just re we've just rebirthed they use yeah. the term rebirth an entire multiverse. Here's a big Bebo. Bebo. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I think I, it's this Go on. Uh, no, I don't know. I was just I was so confused by it. I was like we've gone from Oliver Queen dying to Ray Palmer taking a set of very cool selfie. Yeah. Um, amazing selfie. <laughs> with <laughs> With Bebo, I'm like, there's no one else. Just notice that Oliver Queen died. I know, that's why I think if if this was episode four, yeah, if this was episode four, it would have been, you know, don't get me wrong, I absolutely loved it because I love Bebo and it was funny, but this shouldn't have been in the last episode of this big, you know, kind of crossover event. It should have been episode four, if they're going to be a bit fun with it. And then episode five, focus on the sacrifice, focus on the heavy Mm. kind of side of things. So, yeah, the, the, the contrast of kind of tones was just all over the place. I think for me, if kind of something that we talked about when we recorded our first part for this was, you know, what were people sort of worried about going into the whole crossover? And one of my things was I, I worried that it would end up being a bit too CW. And I think <laughs> this was the moment that it went really CW. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you know, when the legends were like, oh, we missed out on a crossover. Yes. yes. <laughs> Have you been shanghai into another crossover? <laughs> yeah. Because they oh, weren't no. in the last crossover, were they? No, they weren't. I don't they, think so, no. They were left out of um, Elseworlds, weren't they? Yeah, completely. So I think, yeah, it... I don't know. It, it works as an episode, it's just in the wrong place. Yeah. I think if they didn't bring the anti-monitor back into it, it would have been a lot better. Yeah. Because then they, they could have done more about Oliver and they could have done more about kind of starting over. Yeah, I mean, that, it's... Uh, it's like I said at the beginning, you know, th- this 
episode needed to be the focus of what's changed what do we do now that essentially our leader's gone how do we recover from this how do we move forward and they did all of that but also they were like also the ant monitor's here and now he's small <laughs> which means he's not dead he's just really small no. He's in the microverse. But somehow being in the microverse meant that the Gemento Death Eater just disappeared. disappeared. I'm not sure how that works. Yeah. I would say Green that it. battle was just terrible. Like the visual effects, just awful. <laughs> like a giant yeah. anti monitor. Oh dear. <laughs> also, it like very, he was rubbish. Like, Power Rangers. When he was little and he had his little like shield around him and he was blocking some things but other things he wasn't. Didn't make any <laughs> <Yeah>. sense. <laughs> And then he got big and he was rubbish because he, he moved too slowly. <laughs> and then they made. Oh, the other thing Superman. that was a bit weird about him being big was he suddenly lost the ability to speak. Why did yeah. being big <laughs> mean that he had to just go? <laughs> yeah. Also, if he's going to be big, make the atom massive. Yes. Have them have a Barney. I'm totally cool with that. Also, did anyone notice the whole Supergirl was going to sacrifice herself, but then Robot yeah. was like, "It's okay." <laughs> Yeah, that were, really built Were you up getting a little well. bit excited, Nicola? Sorry? Were you getting a little bit excited? Oh, oh <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> I don't understand why it seemed like the whole entire cast of Supergirl was there and there were hardly any legends. Yeah. It and started also, with Supergirl, yeah. didn't it? Like, all of them. I was like, this is a Legends episode. Some of the legends have those totem things where they can turn into things. Yes. Would that not have been exactly. good when the anti-monitor sense. went all giant? Would that not have been quite beneficial? True. Rather than her That's sister, who done, has yeah. no power whatsoever. There were a lot of guns in that fight. Yeah, a lot of guns. <laughs> yeah. Now you've said it. Actually, there were way more people from Supergirl than Legends, and it was yeah, a Legends yeah. episode. Yeah. So you had you had Kara, you had Alex, you had Dreamer, you had Jean, were all there, and then obviously Lex appeared in it. And as well. Lex, yeah. And then from Legends, we had Ray and. Mick. Oh, but Mick and you got you though. got to see um, Sarah's Nate. girlfriend. Why well, can't I remember her name? No. I can't remember a her name. A begins with A, right? Ava. 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 That's that yeah. one. So you had yeah Ava and Nate, but only briefly. Very briefly. That's all right. Rob hates the others, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, Constantine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was weird. Yeah. And I feel like yeah. Just get con- I feel like Sorry, we could have used a few more magic people and less treaty yeah, like people. Supernaturally. Yes, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Just get Constantine to, you know, kind of, you know, do a little spell and just kind of raise up a massive demonic flame devil or something to battle them to yeah. or just, you know, something like, you know, that would have been cool rather than just, like I said, like earlier, this, this Power Rangers esque <laughs> yeah. make my monster grow yeah. kind oh. of thing of really bad <laughs> CGI <laughs> and just. That's exactly oh, how it was just. And then, kind oh, of like what I was saying bad. with Laurel, Constantine had such a big part in the first three episodes. Yes. And then um, of bring it. And then just disappeared. Just gone. Just gone. Although it was in the credits. Yes. But that was the same for all of them, wasn't it? Every mm-hmm. so for whichever episode, whichever series you were in in that episode, you got the full cast, as in on in the opening credits, whether they were in it or not. Well, it was very misleading. <laughs> <laughs> I was told I was going to cut Constantine, but I wasn't. They've also <laughs> finally explained why, when the first promo came out, Oliver's face wasn't in the S of Crisis. Do you remember this yes. little controversy? Yes. Um, I don't know the. So Guggenheim didn't go into the full ins and outs of it, but uh, apparently there is some sort of policy ruling that only people who are in all five episodes were allowed to be shown in that opening credit. 
Oh. And then their legal team came up with something. And I don't know if it's the fact that Oliver did the voiceover at the end. Um, but they did something that meant that he was then able to be used later on. But that was why he wasn't in it to begin with, because he wasn't ever going to be in episode five. Is that not the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard? Sounds yes. like crazy politics. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's welcome to the world of television. Yeah. That's just... <laughs> I can't tell the amount of times I've had arguments with people about stupid things like that in TV. <laughs> it's always it's always ridiculous, and it's always for no reason. Always because some exec producer somewhere wants to like flex their muscles, and you're like, yeah. that's ridiculous. Right. So, well, <laughs> my, my my nice little script that I wrote here says before we get down to it, but you know that's gone right out the window because we're, <laughs> we're in the thick of it now. But give me your highlight moments from this episode. I'm going to start with mine, which was by far and above, Marv Wolfman. Oh, you took mine. Marv. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I might. Um, oh my god, that was just amazing. I was now, so happy. Does, does and anybody... he seemed so happy. Oh, well, he got to you know say thanks to the two people that he killed off in the comic book. Yeah. Does anybody follow uh, Canada Graphs on Twitter? No. Who is the guy that uh, is basically? I'm presuming this guy has no job. He just lives on the set of whichever show he can get to, and is forever taking pictures of the sets and leaking set photos. So he had taken photos uh, of uh, Supergirl and Flash the, the day they were filming that scene, and I can't remember the exact wording of the tweet, but it was something along the lines of, "I've just spent two hours watching." Grant Gustin and Melissa Benoist signing autographs for this old man. Anybody know who it is? And I just looked at the picture and I was like, it's Marv Wolfman. But obviously the guy is just a huge fan of TV and lives in Vancouver, so was forever taking pictures of sets and didn't know who it was. It's just like, that, you That's don't disgusting. know the cameo that, that you have just spoiled. That bothers me so much. Because <laughs> on the face of it, for somebody that didn't you know, know who he was... They just spent an entire day watching this random scene in the middle of what is supposed to be this epic crossover shoot of Flash and Supergirl taking down Weather Wizard that seems completely random and out of place and then signing an autograph for, for this old geezer. And it's like, well, it's Marv Wolfman yeah. and you're witnessing like the first battle on New Earth Prime. That's my, that's me anyway. Jim, what's yours? No, <laughs> bugger all. Um... <laughs> Yes, no, the same. I mean, what better than to have the person like who birthed the crisis to be in crisis? Yeah. Like, it makes perfect sense. And I love him. And I've met him. And he's one of the nicest people I've ever met. He's and it just made guy. me happy. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Martin? Um, I liked all the little bits. Like all the little Linkian bits. So I liked the uh, Sargon. The sorcerer. Okay. Oh, okay. And I liked all the re-establishing the multiverse, so linking it into Swamp Thing. And doing that was a nice surprise. Yeah. So I liked all those bits. I could take a leave <laughs> the rest of it to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about DC Universe for you, Rob. What about you? Uh, Bebo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Bebo. Ben. That's it. Bebo. That's it. Brilliant. Just Bebo. Um difficult one um i'd probably say any scene that sarah i don't know everything can't be either um (laughs) i would probably say anything with sarah in i think she has been the one uh, consistent Mm -hmm. amazing thing through every single episode all of her scenes have been brilliant she's just 
carried a lot of scenes on her own shoulders and just I think anything with Sarah involved in this final episode because um, I was going to say all the different Earths being revealed but I'm guessing we'll probably be talking about that a bit we later on well so I don't want to go too well <laughs> yeah so I'm not I'm not so that would have been it I'm not going to go into kind of all the kind of oh look it's that oh look it's that <laughs> but so just for me just all the Sarah moments but I think just just to supplement that um, probably Diggle as well with his moments with yeah. Um, like kind of Oliver, you know. Again, I've, you know that was kind of hard hitting, but also I like Mix. Um, the way that he just held his little beer bottle in, you know, yeah. in a nod towards Oliver. I thought it was so subtle, but it was also like very powerful as well. So I think just little moments like that in this episode, I think, really worked well. Nicola, what about you? Um, probably a bit surprising, but my favourite was uh, you know Brandon Reed's, um Superman flying round. And did you notice he wasn't Kingdom Come Superman yes. anymore? His, well, he, well um, it was actually same, it was, it was S, a combination. It? Yeah, yeah, it was it a combination was... of Kingdom Come and his original S. I saw a lot of people on Twitter going, "Oh my god, he's put his original costume back on!" But it wasn't. It was the it Kingdom Come suit. No, it was yeah. Made it yellow, and that's it? that's been done in the comics as well. Has it? Um, yeah. Where, after Kingdom Come, what was it? Oh, I can't remember what it was called off the top of my head, Ooh. but it's the same costume, but instead of the black behind it, it's the yellow behind it, and it's the same S and everything. The, the idea that is that um, the darkness f- that he had has lifted. been lifted. Yeah, yeah. I wondered whether we were trying to say that when the in the rewritten Earth that he hadn't lost the people that he'd lost, maybe. But maybe. actually, I quite like the way you just put it though that. He whatever has happened to him, the darkness has lifted. Yeah. Anything, dare I say, that anyone considers a low point in this episode, or anything that you want to highlight as maybe a weak spot? Jim, I'll come to you first. Uh, um, I mean, we've spoken at length about the rubbish battle. Um, no. Uh. It just the battle was rubbish. The addition of the anti-monitor was rubbish. Everything else about that episode I really yeah. enjoyed. Yeah. It just felt disjointed. Um the Bebo thing I totally can forgive and it was it but had they done it slightly differently gone well this is the world we live in now. <laughs> Dinosaurs. <laughs> I would have been well happy. Yes. Um but yeah, it just it just felt a little bit disjointed. But apart from that, everyone I, like like what Ben said, Sarah was incredible. Yeah, she was absolutely. Her incredible. scenes amazing, and considering she started off in all of this as a rubbish black canary, to where <laughs> she is now, I think is an incredible story arc, and she really yes. was the linchpin. She really, which was really nice because it was a Legends episode as well. Yeah, I liked actually. Now that you mentioned the Bebo thing again, I'd forgotten about the the bit of dialogue between Sarah and. Um, Wild Dog, when he's like, "Is this what a crossover is normally like?" and she's like, eh, "Not always." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of meta references. Uh, Rob, anything you want to mention as potentially a low point in this? Um, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's thought about this. No, it's just a little moan. Really, it doesn't really mean anything. What a shot. But, um, when Black Lightning said that he'd never met Oliver before, and I was like, "Why are you even here then?" Just leave. <laughs> we're get all out. in mourning, and you're sitting here making no point whatsoever. Just get out. You've 
you've never met him, but you know, where's Diggle, who should have been there, but obviously exactly. he hasn't got a seat and he's not part of the it's thing. Because he so, doesn't yeah, have okay, a symbol. Why that's why. Yeah, so I guess why. He's, yeah, but you know, Diggle should have been there for the final memorial, but he would have had to stand. So yeah, makes sense. But no. Rob, totally agree. But I feel like I also need to just give my opinion on Sarah, listening to what you guys have said. We're, we're assuming that's the Flash or whoever is going to take over at the forefront of the Arrowverse, but actually, she be has Sarah. been there from the beginning. And yeah. like you said, Ben, she's been consistent throughout this whole thing. Like, she's really proved yeah. what a good leading lady she is, so there's no mm-hmm. reason why she shouldn't be brought right to the front and, and carry it all. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I would be very happy if that's the kind of the route they do go down. I don't think they will. I think it'll be Flash and Supergirl kind of leading yeah. the way kind of thing. But for me, you know, Katie Lotz has just been. She's just like she like you know Jim said about the kind of the the arc she's been on. She's just grown into that role and she's just been absolutely outstanding for this entire crossover. And I re- yeah, I'm, I can't wait for Legends to come back because as stupid and silly as you know, that's why I enjoy it. She's such a good character, and we need more. And of also, it. she's like one of the final original members of yeah, the Legends. Yeah. It's her and Mick, isn't yeah. it? Well, yeah. the, as yeah. soon as Ray leaves, anyway. Yeah. Um, but also, um, I had a, I had a thought about the whole Black Lightning and the chair thing. I'm all right with Black Lightning had a chair, but I totally agree with you. Diggle should have been there, and he should have been allowed to sit in Oliver's chair. Yes, that would have been nice. That would have been nice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would have made me cry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> me too. But that's what they should have done. I have a Black Lightning gripe as well, but different scene. When he showed up at Star Labs, and they're yes. like, oh, who are you? I was just like, ha- what? this is completely unnecessary. <laughs> because they were obviously, from my idea of geography of Star Labs, they were walking towards where you get in. And that was yes. where the Death Eatery Dementory thing had come from. Black Lightning came walking out of the lab that was behind them oh, that they had point. just walked out of. So where did he point. come from? Also, um, in this rebirth universe, he's on the same Earth, so they would have known who he was. Yeah, because they should have had knowledge of what was going yeah. on on that Earth and if they'd crossed paths. Barry's had enough time to make him a chair, so... Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it just felt very... Much like they just needed to bring him in somehow, and they were just like, "Ah, we'll we'll throw him in that scene, and that can be his introduction." Um, but the logistics of it, and for them to be like, "Oh, who are you?" It just, it just did not work for me at all. Actually, you're right, Jim, because the only ones who wouldn't know who he was were the Paragons. Everyone yeah. else would know who he is, and the Paragons and knew who the, who he was because they remembered everything. So everyone should have known who he was. Yeah. Yeah. The Nashwell scene, I didn't really like either. The way he just suddenly woke up and was like, "Oh, uh, God, what did I do?" And then did nothing. And yeah, no, absolutely nothing. Uh, Nicola, anything you want to highlight? Nope. Ooh, Martin. <laughs> no, just a lack of Constantine. That I've said already. <laughs> <laughs> Not that it's a great or anything. While you were all talking about Constantine the last time, he couldn't. There were no words. He was just shaking his head in a no Constantine. <laughs> Where is Constantine? No Constantine. No point. <laughs> ben, anything for you? Um, for me, it was the lack of reverse flash in yes. this entire thing. Yeah. Now I know, I know they've said that they've, you know, they've changed writers since the Flash season one. That yeah, was an interesting so bit of interview the, snippet, actually. They, yeah. So that you know, so they weren't going to you know necessarily carry on 
story elements that were set up in you know in the beginning but this whole thing started with that news exactly. article and the reverse flash was so so kind of important to that story they should have had and him in, in the last the episode TV, instead of the anti-monitor that yeah you that's know, that my kind of my biggest gripe is because i think and then have him then lead into the remaining series of the mm-hmm. flash maybe that oh the reverse flash is back and not necessarily be Tom Kavanagh. Um, but I just felt where's the reverse flash. He needs to be in here. And it just felt really, I was still waiting for him to kind of, Oh, okay. That's kind of wrecked. You know, it's kind of like resolved itself. Now are we going to have a stinger at the end where it's like he's there or just something, but it's just nothing. So I think that's the, my biggest kind of issue with this entire crossover event is, Where's Reverse Flash? Yeah, it, the, the fact that they said they didn't want to be beholden to stuff from season one and that yeah. showrunner was gone, I thought was just a bit. It's a bit unfair, really. I mean, well, just, especially as yeah. yeah, Ben's absolutely right. It started with that. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, Flash vanishes in crisis, which he didn't. <laughs> yeah, actually, he didn't. No. Yeah. So no, nah. it's fine. Wrong. So it's fine. Iris, it's fine. not a very good, uh, not very good. Rubbish. <laughs> She's no Lois Lane, that's for sure. She is no Lois Lane, is she? No. So, end of this episode spent a lot of time focusing on that loss of Oliver. We had that scene that we've spoken about a bit now. Um, say, you know, seeing them all together, memorialising him and the table and lighting the arrowhead fire. Which I need to own. Yes. We don't <laughs> like one of those. That would um, look badass in my in my back garden. Oh. We probably kind of touched on this a little bit already, but just to kind of get some solid thoughts on it. Did that overshadow what should have been the end of the crisis? What's anyone's thoughts on that? Did this was it the right way to end it to go back to memorialising Oliver, or yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah go. You that's think. my thoughts. Um, thoughts. No, I think it was. I think it was because, like I said, this episode was disjointed. Yeah, but to then bring it because if it had it ended with oh. We've just fought Bebo, and then this... That would have felt weird as an ending. But the fact that they then brought it back and did what is essentially the Arrow versus Dawn of Justice... Yeah. As a, a a nod to Oliver Queen and who he was, I thought it was the right way to finish it. It's just, it had other things been in different orders, it would have worked perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, I can't really add more to that, because that's exactly my thoughts as well. It's like... They stuck the land in, the ending was fine. It was just everything that led up to that point was just all over the place, so it just felt a little bit out of place. But no, I totally agree, Jim. Thanks, mate. It's all right, <laughs> Rob, Nicola, Martin, <laughs> any, anything to add to that, or do you agree that that you know it was it was disjointed and that kind of pulled it together? Yeah, um, yeah, I agree, and I think that after the crossovers, normally the it's kind of done with, and the first episodes of their shows don't really focus too much on what's happened on that so it was nice that it was kind of wrapped up and now they're all just going to move on I thought it was a nice sort of hopeful ending uh, and it was you know you kind of putting everything aside you memorialise Oliver a little bit but don't it wasn't you know they weren't completely broken and on the floor and not sure where to go next they, it felt like there was some trajectory there for where the Arrowverse can go, especially with the the formation of the Justice League. But where does everyone think that it could go next? 
Martin, I'm actually coming to you first because I, I want to know what you think, given that you've slightly moved on from the Arrowverse and gone to the DC Universe. Did did what they what they kind of signposted at the end make you feel like you could buy in a little bit more to this universe slightly reshaped going forwards? Or did it not change your opinion of how the Arrowverse has been recently? What, Where are you in your head at the end of this crossover? Oh, that's a lot of questions. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I like the Justice League and bringing it all together. Yep. I'm just not sure how feasible that is moving forward. Yeah. If we're only going to go to that building in the next crisis event or next crossover. Yeah. So I've got to it'd be interesting to see where they take it next. So are we going to, is it going to be like a once or twice, a couple of times a season, they'll just pop into the Hall of Justice. Like, oh, hey, it's yeah. Supergirl having a cup of tea. <laughs> uh, or things like that. Or is it just going to be there for a crossover event? And who's going to renovate it? I know, I'd quite like to see a bit more in it than one table. Um, Rob, what about you? Where are you in your head now thinking about the Arrow versus Future? Um, I really don't know. <laughs> I, As a viewer, I'm a little bit worried because we're getting more and more shows. Yeah. And it, it sometimes gets a little bit hard to keep up with it. But... It felt like a, a nice ending. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of almost feels like we're coming towards all these shows finishing and just having a Justice League show. That could be interesting. But then that would, I don't know. See how that would ever work. Well, yeah. I do, it, you, the fact that they brought in the Super Friends theme just made me go to a kind of seventies filmation cartoon place and. This doesn't quite have the tone to pull. Well, that and also action. the fact that we had Gleek as well. Gleek, I know. Gleek. Not Detective Chimp. No, I know. I thought it was Detective Chimp for a minute because I'd mm, missed to see the yeah. sign, and then I, I resaw it. Yeah. Although to be fair, the, f- the very first time I watched it, I missed the little monkey noise and just heard what sounded like chuckling. I was like, "Oh my god, the Joker!" Yeah. I'm like, "No, no, it's a monkey." <laughs> so does that mean that we're going to get Wonder Twins? Wonder Twins. We got yeah, it, right? I was thinking that. So, think- but where? Legends. Apparently, uh, they make sense in legends. legends. They would be legends. Yeah. There is a version of the script, an early version of the script for Crisis that had them in it somehow. Ooh. They were going to be in it, mm. which would have been interesting. interesting. Uh, they could bin off a few characters from Legends to bring in the Wonder Twins and make it a lot better. Of course, you pretend now that you've got Black Lightning and Supergirl on Earth Prime. There's now you could see supporting characters from both of those going to Legends as well. Yes. Oh, there goes my point. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Uh, anyway, it's fine. Jim, where are you? Where, tell me where you're at in your head with the Arrowverse right now. Do you know what? I'm. Uh, it's an odd one because we're losing our forefront. Yep. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing because I don't think there's anywhere else that Oliver can go. He's done yeah. it all. Yeah. Fine. I worry about the new Green Arrow show as much as I am looking forward to it. It's going to be compared to Arrow and that it's not going to do as well. Yeah. I like the idea of the Superman show, but I'm not sure if Tyler's able to carry that. Yeah. And as a huge mm. Superman fan myself, mm, uh, I'm going to be reviewing it for Earth 9. 
so it's gonna it's gonna come under a lot of scrutiny because I'm gonna compare it to Lois and Clark. I'm gonna compare it to Smallville. Yeah. I'm gonna compare it to everything. So I think you know that that leads itself to being under a lot of scrutiny to being compared, especially now after we've seen how good Brandon Routh still is as Superman. Yeah. I think that's gonna be difficult. I like the idea of having a Hall of Justice and having that as a featured element in each of the shows. Yep. Not necessarily having other people there. I mean, you could. It it leads to cameo upon cameo, just even brief ones. But it would be a nice place for them all. Like if instead of the Do in Supergirl, say that they go to her and like um, Alex go to the Hall of Justice instead, and that's where Martian Manhunter is with all his computers doing his thing yeah. like he's supposed to. And that's like popping up everywhere, giving exactly and having some amounts of exposition some random like PI office where yes. he, he needs to be at the computer doing his thing like he does in the comics please yes. please uh, <laughs> although I did like him I liked him in his costume without his Martian head yes I quite, enjoy, I quite enjoyed that I was like do that more I'm alright with it and that um, was a slightly upgraded costume I think was it not yeah it looked cool it looked really yeah. cool didn't notice uh, that the first time but the second yeah. time around I was like ooh upgrade really nice yeah. new earth new yes, costume yes yeah. exactly so I think, you know, if you use the Hall of Justice as a sort of story element that filters through the entire Arrowverse, it brings even more cohesion to it. And then you can throw bits into Black Lightning. Because Black Lightning has been fully crowbarred into the Arrowverse at this point. Completely. And I'm all right with that. Again, I, I'd like to see more of little bits. I don't think, again, we need more, not that I don't enjoy them, massive crossovers, but do little crossovers. Yeah. Apparently they're talking about um, they've kind of broken their ideas for next year and they're looking at going much more low-key next year and mm. something much more like the first couple of crossovers than something on this scale. I think one the first crossover, the Supergirl episode, was literally Barry turned up right at the end. Yeah. So uh, do do more of that, but do little crossovers. Do Black Lightning being in the Flash. I'd also you know, like to see them do it at a different time of year. It doesn't have to be the same episode every year that we're going no. to the Christmas break with it. I'd like to see them move it around a bit. Yeah. A season finale that was a crossover would work. Oh, yeah. That would be nice. And, you know, just random places within a season would be... Just vary it up a bit, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, I, there are positives and negatives to all of it. Uh, it's just going to be very interesting to see if it can still be carried without Arrow. Yeah. Nicola, what about you? Um, I kind of feel the same way as Rob. I feel like there's there's kind of too many of them at this time. I mean, they've got Stargirl coming out as well soon. Um, as I said, Superman, Green Arrow, Canary spin-off. I just kind of want them all to feel a bit more cohesive. Um, and yeah, the Hall of Justice might be a good way to, to do that. Okay. Ben, what about you? I'm just going to regurgitate everything <laughs> that everyone's just said, basically. Um, you know, I think having Earth Prime makes sense. Um, I think, obviously, it does help with future crossovers, having the Hall of Justice as this kind of focal point to be used in kind of crossover events. But, I, you know, I think it also helps with, you know, the they can all the series now can reference other events going on. So it doesn't have mm. to be a, a cameo, per se. They could just reference an event because, you know, they've heard about it and they know about it and, you know, they're more connected. But again, I think they've got to be careful with the amount of shows they've got and the ideas and being too big because I think we've seen in this kind of crossover event that they've got all these characters. 
and they've you know we've not really seen them all and they've been handled a bit kind of some good some bad and if we're adding more characters i think they you know it could potentially go to out of hand and i definitely agree that making it again this the next cross event a lot more low-key i think will be a real positive because this was supposed to be kind of the big end game as it were event and where do you go from there you can't really get yeah. bigger than this yeah. um especially on tv and with that budget so making it smaller making just, you know making it more refined you know so less cgi stupid dementor flying things <laughs> give me some good kind of you know just some kind of foot soldiers some kind of baddies to fight that you know you can do some nice fight scenes and then focus on the emotional and the story elements so yeah i think it's a good thing but also if i need someone to kind of answer because i don't know if it was actually mentioned in the episode with Earth Prime, it's supposed to be Earth 1 and Earth 2, mm-hmm. is that right? Yeah. Right, so does that mean the Earth is just bigger now with more different countries in it? Because all these people, how can two, you know, the, the Earth's got to have grown because there's going to be trillions of people on this planet now. <laughs> well, the, um, and the way two was, versions of people. No, the way it was described yeah. <laughs> is there are no doppelgangers. Yeah. Right, so okay, any version okay. of, that was the same person on Earth 1 and Earth 2 are now just one person. Okay, I missed that. That's that funny, it wasn't explained. It's, like... it's just something I read. Oh. <laughs> ah, well, there you go. Because um, um, I was thinking, like, because otherwise that means there's still lots of people who did die, <laughs> and they're just gone. So I was like, yeah, I'm a bit confused in that one. But yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, ish. I mean, ish. Ish. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's very vague, because they had an entire <laughs> city that didn't exist on one Earth. <laughs> and it's just like, so what's that replaced? Oh, yeah. San Diego, maybe? I hadn't saw that. Yeah, that's what I mean. Just just like... Not just Freeland. Yeah. Oh, there's two then. What about National City? Oh, National City, yeah. Oh, dear. I think oh, it's yeah. one of those things we're just not meant to question and just accept. Don't, don't worry about it. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've got much it's that fine. I can add to that. I think you've covered a lot of it. Um, I am really interested to see how each of the shows has changed. Um, apparently... Again, I've obviously just been reading nothing but Mark Guggenheim quotes for the last few days. Uh, he said that he went to each of the showrunners on the different shows and said, right, this is your opportunity. Anything you want to change, just change it now. You don't need to give it context. Oh, cool. We'll just say Crisis did it. And he's... Now, this one might shock all of you. Uh, he said that the one that he's seen the most interesting changes in is Batwoman. So interested Ooh. to see what's going to come up there. Good. Bruce Wayne. You mean it's going to be good? <laughs> yeah, I think and any changes to that. Like I said, there's, there's a, a really good show that in there somewhere, yeah. and I think Ruby Rose, as much as I don't like her um, as an actor, I think she has a very good potential now with a better showrunner, um, just better writing. Just if they can just get rid of some of the nonsense that was in that show and replace it with something a bit more kind of down to scale, a bit more kind of just. A, better than what they've put out give give me the batwoman from the crossovers in the batwoman mm. show then i think they're onto a onto a winner and then she could be a real big part and seen as a leader going forwards but yeah they just i think it's a good thing if that's if they're going to use this as an opportunity to basically to retcon some of the uh, the errors of the shows that's a, a good thing i think all they have to do with that show is just give her a bit of personality yeah, they've yeah. got to make like she can still be feisty. Yeah, I think the problem be... with that is they have to then recast her. <laughs> 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 like every now and again, like in the crossovers, she was great, but I'm like, mm. she just she needs to loosen up. When she loosens up, she's actually quite good. That's a hundred percent what it is. Um. So yeah, uh, I'm not convinced. 
I'm in her corner. I don't know why. Something, something, something about it has just got me, and I don't know what it is. It's not. I'm not saying it's my favorite of the Arrowverse shows, but I do like it. I think it's just the back connection. I'm obviously just a sucker I, for anything. The thing with is, a back I, I want it. I want it to work. I really do yeah. because yeah, it's a same, great same. premise. Like the whole no Batman, just Batwoman. A Batwoman as a character is phenomenal. Yep. I just want it done better. That's all. That's all I'm asking. It's not much. So something which I, I never thought that I was going to say, particularly about Green Arrow and the Canaries, I was almost looking forward to it because I think Mia's grown on me in the crossover. But then I saw the promo for it and they've completely changed her character. Because she's no longer Mia Smoke. She's now Mia Queen. And in that promo for Green Arrow and the Canaries, she's now almost kind of like... She comes across like Thea from early Arrow. Yeah, but then she gets her mind. Yeah, Yeah. she gets her memories back. So I'm thinking that'll last maybe half an episode, and then she'll be back to the same character. I hope so because I've I've only just decided that I can stomach seeing her on screen. So see, I I've always quite liked her. So I'm like, please don't change the character. Yeah, and I'm alright with Mia Queen. I'd much rather Mia Queen because who who needs smoke? Waste of time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. Also, I have a question. Yes. Is, can anybody think of, let's say they do another crossover, what would be a bigger comic for them to do than Crisis? Anything featuring Darkseid. Can you imagine if they actually brought in Darkseid and had something... He was com- in Smallville. They, yeah. Yeah. Completely apocalyptic. But then again, I, I don't trust that kind of scale yeah, on um, TV. with their budget. No, no, because so... they do it wrong. He wouldn't... Yeah. The problem is, is Darkseid's too big to be big. Yeah. a human-sized person, yeah. so they'd have to CGI yeah. him, and w- no. We've already seen it doesn't It work, doesn't so. work. <laughs> um, unless... So yeah. But we I have already had... We have had Granny Goodness, though, haven't we? Have we? Yes, she was in... Oh, she was in something. She was in an episode of... Mm, I want to say The Flash... <laughs> It was very throwaway. It was either the Flash or Supergirl, oh. um, but yeah, she was she was in it. So, I mean, they could do a proper Steppenwolf. Yeah, that's the, but I don't know. A, I I don't know I if they can else. go any bigger now. No, that's the thing. Crisis on Infinite Earths as a story is kind of the be all end all. It's that yeah. and Flashpoint are the two yes. biggest comics, in my opinion. In, yes, no, I agree. In that sort of area, and they've already done Flashpoint badly, and. Um, then they've done this, so I'm I'm not in- entirely sure where else they would go. So I would rather, again, they they trim it down and do focus stories. Maybe the crossovers only need to be two or three characters from the other shows. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it. I Make don't it think they need to try and work on something as big as this. I think they need to try and work on resolving some of the issues on the individual shows. And you know, a fun little cameo here and there will be nice. Yeah. But the problem is, is then what happens is all the great characters that are on those shows get pushed to the background. You know, it, like we just saw with this Legends episode, we didn't see hardly any of the decent Legends. And it's just like, don't don't do that, don't do that, please, because you've got all these great characters. If you're going to do that, do a Justice League show and just have those main characters. But don't don't make this big event. To the detriment of the other fantastic actors and characters that are in those shows. 
But one thing no, we definitely like don't that. need is another show. No. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it <laughs> would have to be like, we get rid of Supergirl, we get rid of Legends, and we bring them all together. One thing that I keep saying, that I, I feel now that we're going to have potentially Superman and Supergirl, make both of those half a season. Cut them down, have yep. half the year be Supergirl, half the year be Superman. Don't have both on the air at the same time. Do we I need mean, Superman and Supergirl on the air There's at the same too time? many episodes of these series anyway. Yeah. 21, 22 is way too many. Way too many. Uh, yeah. Especially, right, is Stargirl an Arrowverse show or not? See, I, because I, I know it's, it's a DC Universe show, yeah. but it, then it's been yeah. shown on the CW, what, the day after? It is, yeah. So it is the yeah. same producers, but then Greg Berlanti's name is on Titans. I don't think it's on Doom Patrol, but he is involved in DC Universe in some respect. So I think it's right. more that it's just going to be airing on the CW probably in off-season, because I don't think it's going to start until maybe April when the other shows are coming to an end. Um, mm. I don't. I, it's, I don't think it's technically an Arrowverse show, especially now that we know it's on Earth too. Uh, yes, yeah, on a different Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Mm. Yeah. There's too many shows. There's too many shows and too many episodes. Look at Titans, right? Yeah. Love it or hate it, because it's very divisive. It would appear. Um. Ten, eleven, twelve episodes works well. You got a tight story, then you can yep. tell something really epic in that time. Works with The Walking Dead sometimes. Works with Game of Thrones sometimes. You know, <laughs> you don't need. It becomes too loose, and there are too many filler episodes. Trim them all down. I'd say trim them all down. Again, look up. Yeah. Go on. Sorry. I oh, know. I was just going to say, aren't most shows that kind of, like sort of ten, twelve episodes now? Anyway. Uh, it depends. It if depends you if you're talking about sort of Netflix, or... Amazon Prime, then yes, yeah. network TV till, still tends to be quite big. I mean, if you look at yeah. some of the more mainstreamy type shows like um, like Grey's Anatomy or something like that, they still do 23, 24 episodes a season. There's yeah, still the a Marvel... school of thought in America Sorry. that they should be long. But yet, yeah, Titans and Doom Patrol is only like ten, eleven episodes. Yeah, it's the beauty of being streaming. Hmm. I was just going to say the Marvel Netflix shows were like 10, 12 or something. Yeah. It just works better overall, I think, to tell a tighter story like that. Yeah. Because you don't, you don't then need filler episodes. Yeah, so I think that's a good shout, doing half Superman, half Supergirl. And again, I would even go half Flash, half Legends, half Batwoman, half uh, Green Arrow and the Canaries. Yeah. It would make our job as reviewers a lot easier. <laughs> Certainly would. Uh, one thing I was just thinking, I was trying to think of crossovers that they could potentially do, and I know they've sort of done this on Legends of Tomorrow, but not explicitly. <laughs> you could have each of the shows feature a member of the Legion of Doom and have a crossover be those villains teaming up. That would be cool. Put a member like of that. the Legion in each one. Mm. Ooh. That is a very good idea. Each member of the Legion of Doom is the big bad for the season. Yeah. And then the season finale is the crossover where they're all fighting That's the big a bad. Idea, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Neil. <laughs> sort it Sorry. out. Yeah. Off you go. <laughs> if you uh, if you go and watch this week's episode of um of Harley Quinn, the right, animated series, that's quite happen. a Legion of Doom heavy episode, actually. 
<laughs> I've only seen the first two episodes of that. What did you think? Sorry, uh, I, I, I quite like it. It's fun. It's ridiculous. It's no, totally I like ridiculous. it. I like it. We've uh, we me and Rob have a friend who's a very very big Harley Quinn fan, and she absolutely despises it. Really? Yeah, she hates every minute of it. That's interesting. I I asked her to do a review for the for the website. Yeah, and ended up not publishing it because it just ripped it to pieces. So and I'm I. like, I, I I I'm all for like, you know, saying oh well, these were the positives, these were the negatives, but to just sit there and 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 slate something so much, maybe not. Interesting. Yeah. Was there anything yeah. in particular that she took issue it's with? It's because um, who? What's why? What version? I'm not. She didn't like the accent of uh, or the voice. Yeah, she didn't like who's who. It's been Kaylee Kiyoko. Kaylee Kiyoko. See, I don't mind her, but also like who's it been heavy influenced by? What um what writer of Harley Quinn has it been influenced by? Uh, I think it's pretty Kaylee almost Kuoko. straight up Amanda Connor, Jimmy Palmiotti kind of. That's it. She she hates Jimmy Palmiotti's writing on Harley Quinn. Really? Yeah. So she's like, "That's not my Harley Quinn." She's wow. fair enough. Like, it's like fair enough. Yeah. Everybody has their own versions of things. Yeah. But yeah. No, absolutely despises it. I think the thing um, they've done quite a few sort of behind the scenes featurettes on it on DC Universe just to try and hype up the show. Yep. And in one of them, Kaylee Cuoco talked a lot about how she tried to find a voice for the character, and she said she spent a lot of time listening to like Tara Strong and other people who voiced her and tried to sound like them but she only ever sounded like she she said to herself she only ever sounded like herself trying to do an impression of it yeah. she said it never felt genuine and she said she only really felt comfortable with doing the voice when she just amped up her own voice knowing she'd sound like her but not sounding like herself trying to do an impression yeah 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 so I you, agree Every now and then, you hear her doing a little bit of trying to do like a sort of New York-ish type accent. I'd rather she did that than butcher an accent. Ham it up so, too much, yeah, and I think it, I think it works. Like you always know that it's her. You never mm. think, oh, it sounds like Tara Strong, or it sounds like any of the other people that have done the voice. But it doesn't. Well, I think that's it, what I, you have to do, isn't it? When you're doing something like that, it's you just have to like, find this a is to... a new thing. You have to yeah. find your own voice, and I appreciate that. Now, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed the episodes I've watched. I just haven't had time to watch the rest. Yeah, well, get around to it when you get time. Because it is, apart from the episode that spends most of the time making Jim Gordon best friends with Clayface's severed hand, uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> Brilliant. Any Brilliant. final thoughts that anyone has on part five as an episode that we've missed so far, or anything that I have not touched upon? Um. Oh, yeah. Okay. Green oh, yeah. Uh, so, the fact that Doom Patrol and Titans are actually on two different Earths. So that's an interesting Green point Lanterns, of view because obviously the Doom Patrol were in an episode of Titans, albeit the 2011 we are now confirming uh, and saying that that was a different, different Earth, Doom Patrol yeah. than yes. the Doom Patrol in the series. Yes, um, Martin, I'm going to come to you on this one first, being the DC Universe yeah. super fan. How did you feel about it saying each of these different shows Doom is on, yeah. unlikely to cross over with each other without doing a multiverse kind of thing and saying each one is its own Earth? Um, <clears throat> uh, a bit really sad, but I understood why. Okay. Because you can't have crossovers everywhere all the time. No, true. It's nice that the option is there because we've got the multiverse. Yep. Um, it would have been nice to have the Doom Patrol and the Titans in the same universe. But that's just yeah. the Gar connection with Elastigirl, right? 
So yeah, I would have liked to have seen um, more of the Rita Farr and Garfield storyline because I really like that in the comics. But again, it doesn't mean that that can't happen. It just it would be interesting to see the Doom Patrol in the Titans universe if that yeah. ever come back. Nicola, what did you think about uh, seeing just a really select few of those universes come back? I was surprised they included Swamp Thing. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm honest. Shocker. <laughs> yeah, um, I liked it. Uh, I did think the Green Lantern thing was a bit weird because. I know they're doing a show, aren't they? Well, Belanti's yeah. doing a show, which is interesting. But to use the like footage from the Ryan Reynolds film, yeah, yeah, it's a bit weird. <laughs> yeah, but how else are they going to get any kind of Green Lantern footage? Well, yeah, true. That's true. I suppose it would have been really expensive to have come up with something new. So, at least they didn't show Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, <laughs> true. You know, at there least it was some... just Owa essentially, and I'm like, okay, Owa exists. Let's move on. We watched a YouTube video last night that was somebody's like ridiculous super edit of every live action DC property ever that they put a red filter on, <laughs> and it went back to uh. even like black and white George Reeves Superman um, to to make every single DC property ever part of one of those sequences. Huh. Nice, Ben. What did you think? Um, I thought it was. Yeah, I think I really enjoyed it. Um, I like seeing the little things, and I think it makes sense that they're just kind of separating them all, kind of giving, you know, an acknowledgement to their existence, but obviously they're not going to be part of the Arrowverse, and I'm totally fine with that. I think that, you know, everything doesn't have to be a crossover. Um, they don't yeah. all have to kind of meet up. I think some, you know, I think we've seen with some of, um, obviously, DC, uh, DC, the DCEU, they've realised the mistakes trying to just copy Marvel, do your solo projects, do your solo things and that's perfectly fine so if that's going to translate to some of the TV shows then I'm definitely down with that um, so yeah uh, I think this, uh, the Stargirl thing was the interesting thing because so was that, oh, we've got to imagine that was obviously Stargirl and the Justice Society of America so there was like yes. Wildcat, Doctor Midnight, all that kind of Yep. Um, yeah so I, I think it's it's cool that they kind of referenced that um, obviously, given that as the show's coming up, but I'm very, very happy with them just you know being separate things and just letting them do their do their own thing. Jim, what about you? Um, yeah, I'm pretty much the same. My my favourite thing is the fact that they've gone everything you can possibly imagine in DC is connected. Yeah, because we have a multiverse. That's all you need to know at the end yeah. of the day. It yep. doesn't have to cross over to other things, but everything we do have is connected. And I enjoyed that. And I'm probably one of the only people in the world that actually enjoyed the Green Lantern film. Nope. So, I so for me, I was like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I like, don't even, that film either. Even like the, the properties that you wouldn't expect, it's all connected. And it it grows the entire DCU like you could throw anything into that as well like they could have gone back and thrown in Superboy or yeah. you know Lois and Clark all of my shows are based around Superman um, <laughs> you know but anything they could have thrown anything in there just to say look everything's everything's connected just it all exists it just exists on on different earths and I'm like amazing thank you Rob what about you it was that easy um, I agree with what everyone else has said, mate. I, I think that it was good because we've had a big crossover thing now and we've had the excitement of seeing lots of different people in the one place. But we don't... It, just knowing that they're all connected is fine. We don't need it to happen again. 
I mean, like, it, we don't need to happen every week. Yeah. But then also, is it silly of me to say that with the Doom Patrol and the Titans being on different Earths, surely if the DC Universe just want to do whatever they can, they will just do whatever they want to with it. It doesn't mean that they are on separate. Yeah, I mean, you, you have at the end of the day, you have to assume that because we've already had an episode with Doom Patrol in Titans, that Doom Patrol do actually exist in the Titans universe. Yeah. There's just a couple of characters that look different. Yeah. Like a couple, different. one character. Yeah. One character is different. <laughs> something that I thought was really interesting about this and wasn't something that I thought of at the time. So when they, when they did that, I just presumed they're going with the most up-to-date stuff that's still kind of on and still maybe relevant in a lot of people's minds and just signposting people towards DC Universe. But a lot of people took that as, oh, so you're now saying, like, Batman 66, Batman 89, Birds of Prey, Smallville, they all just got lost and that's it, you didn't bring them back? Um, and quite a few people called out Guggenheim on it. And again, I'm going back to this random interview that I've obviously spent a lot of time reading. Um, but he, you know, he said, no, I, we didn't, we're not saying that all those universes no longer exist. We just couldn't go back. You know, we don't have the runtime to go back and spotlight everything hey. that we spotlighted across five episodes and say, yeah, they're Wait. back. Wait, what? People honestly thought that because they weren't shown, the, yep. the images that they were shown in the first episode, that that meant that they didn't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that wow. he's had People to, are morons. Yep. He has actually had to say, <laughs> no, that ending that we wrote for Tom Welling, uh, you know, for his... Clark and for Lois on the farm, that still stands. God, that, that's that's not been wiped out. So there, there was a feeling of okay, you only showed the stuff that was brought back. If you didn't show it, then it it has <sighs> just been lost and disappeared. Some people have too much time on their hands. I mean, to be fair, we're we're some of them. We've been speaking <laughs> for nearly two hours on this. <laughs> yeah. But people are morons. Yeah. Like, dude, dude, come on, stop now. Can you imagine if they'd actually gone back over all of them? That, that half the episode. That would have been gone. the last episode. The whole of the <laughs> last episode. Them just travelling to different Earths, going, "This one's back." Ugh, people. Yeah, I'd like fifty-two Earths in the in the new multiverse. <laughs> that, that's how I it's supposed wonder. to be. That's how it's supposed to be. Yep. Not this Earth, a hundred and whatever. If no one's read Multiversity, that's definitely a book that I recommend. It's a really interesting sort of companion guide that tells you about the different Earths. Um, I actually sat and read through it cover to cover, thinking that it was going to be a comic book, and actually it's more of just a history of the multiverse. But that's cool. it's something that you're that's interested cool. in. It's definitely worth a read. So before we wrap up, I thought let's just touch on the crossover as a whole and just final thoughts on what we think of it as one kind of product and one five-hour movie, as it were. How are you feeling about Crisis on Infinite Earths as a as a crossover event? Rob, what about you first? Um, I think that there was so much hype and promise, and I kind of feel like it delivered with it. We had loads of really good cameos. We had loads of different multiverses connecting there was lots of excitement uh, I just I, I enjoyed it and I for me it kind of lived up to the hype and it, it gave me what I expected from it great Nicola 
Yeah, I think the same. Um, I think it was really, really good. Uh, best parts for me were the cameos and bringing so many, so many of the um, of them in. I'm trying to f- remember what the other crossovers were like now, though. Thinking back, it's quite difficult. It um, is difficult, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's ones uh, that I don't even remember. Um, a lot of people have been doing a rank your DC TV crossovers on Twitter, and um, I saw Ben DC TV Ben. Had, put duet at the top and I'm thinking what the hell is duet and I was like oh the musical, oh, the musical one the singing episode yeah oh that was really just, terrible though. it was just Arrow vs. does glee yes yeah true <laughs> I forgot I that I, no I was happy with it that, that's yeah, right I, up there for me I loved it I'll be honest sorry yeah. sorry yeah. <laughs> it, had, it had Blaine yeah right I forgot you're a big gleek Jim yeah massive yeah I don't seem it, like, <laughs> but I am. I've I've rewatched Glee at least four times. Well, I'm I'm the just odd one out. I just cannot get into it. It just makes me happy. The only and episode sad. that I yeah, well yeah, that's true. There were some sad moments. Yeah, I think the only episode that I ever really go back and watch is the Joss Whedon episode with Neil Patrick Harris, which oh, I think yeah. is like season one. Yeah, that's like the only episode that I liked. Um, Jim, how do you feel about Crisis? I think it's probably my favourite of all the crossovers. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think... I'm not sure it lived up to the hype as much as I wanted it to, but then I think I overhyped it in my own head. I definitely did. Um, I think all the elements of a fantastic crossover were there. I just think it got a bit muddled. And it could have probably done with only being four episodes as opposed to five. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Martin. Um. So I, I did really like it, as a, an entity, and I think you know I've yeah I was quite pleased with how they managed to bring the whole universe together and say actually we're going to do it in your face other. Company, <laughs> other publishers, other are publishers available. are available, but you've not been able to bring everything together on the small screen, as opposed to the big screen, which is very ambitious. Bringing all of them together, yeah. So I quite liked it. Okay. Shocker. Yep. I uh, I would agree. I think it probably is my favourite of the crossovers. Uh, I would like to see them go a bit more small scale in the future, but as a as a five hour event, it certainly. I definitely did hype it up too much in my own mind, but. I think the thing that I had to bring myself back to, particularly with these last two episodes, was that as much as they wanted to honour the entirety of the DC live-action universe, or whatever you want to call it, um, really, they're they're kind of tied to their characters. They're, they're, that's what's the heart of the whole thing to them, and that's why, you know, the Paragons were Arrowverse cast members and not, you know, Michael Keaton's Batman. <laughs> had to put that to the back of my mind and take away that and remember that at the core it was an Arrowverse event just that brought yeah. in the rest of the universe yep. a couple of quicker questions just to finish us off uh, We can't. I have a feeling I might know what people's answers are to this one um, but of the core Arrowverse cast that were in it, who has been everyone's favourite? Jim? Uh, Sarah Lance Martin? Uh, Sarah Ben? Sarah Nicola? Sarah. <laughs> Rob? Sarah. And I am also going to say Sarah. Bingo. Wow. Katie Lotz, you are our, our favourite human being. <laughs> yep. Uh, I'd actually, so um, when you mentioned this earlier, Ben, uh, 
I uh, my next note for my next question, I was going to say that Sarah had been my complete highlight of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, mm. But I honestly think, even with Arrow ending, which obviously started this whole thing and that being incredibly sad, I think the day that Katie Lotz leaves the Arrowverse is going to be the saddest of any potential exit for me. I think it was she, if she when she leaves, obviously she will at some point. It yeah. would it would as be as big as last of Stephen Amell, I think, because I yeah. think she has just grown and grown as a character and no matter what situation you put her in no matter what show you put her in she absolutely she knock, yeah she knocks out the park every time she's never done a bad performance and it's just she's absolutely amazing well said Thank yeah. you. it's quite something to have a character that appeals to so many different types of people yeah yes, yes. and she does like you know you never hear anyone saying that they don't like her character so that's quite a big achievement for her yeah, that's true. Actually, she is kind of universally respected as a as a character. Yeah. Okay. Favorite cameo uh, for me. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to say what everyone thinks that I'm going to say as my favorite cameo. <laughs> I'm going to say that my favorite cameo was Alexander Knox from Batman '89. I don't want to. I don't want to say it as you could almost hear my eyes rolling there. I, can <laughs> see eyes rolling. I thought it was going to be there as a prey. Yeah, we all expected it. <laughs> yeah, you all expected it, and I went somewhere else. Uh, Jim, what was yours? Um, I mean, I'm not sure you can class it as a cameo because he ended up being quite a big character, but um, can I say Earth-96 is Superman? You can indeed. Of course you can. Yeah. Martin? It has to be Kevin Conroy. I thought you were going to go Doom Patrol. Well, I wasn't really... They were just dancing. It wasn't a car. <laughs> they were just no. dancing. Were just Actually, dancing. Uh, as I liked that. What I didn't like was... Uh, random footage from Titans. Yeah, that was a bit weird. Did you guess that that's what I was trying to say to Nicola the other day when I was trying to surreptitiously say to her that group of people who appeared, I didn't like the way they did it? No, I, just, I wasn't really listening to <laughs> No, but I, what I will say about that is it gave us a new banner because they, they did an Earth-9 over the top of a um, daytime yes, San Francisco. They did. So yes. we've, we've now got two banners that we can use, a nighttime San Francisco <laughs> yes. and a daytime. So that's really I thoughtful of them. It. Yeah. Do you think they did that because of the backdraft they got from the first yes. Titans cameo? Showing different yeah. characters. Yeah. Yeah. Dick Grayson's the angry means. So we've now seen everyone apart from Dick and yeah. Donna. Well. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah, Donna's dead, Donna. Yeah. <laughs> she can't turn, can't turn the light switch on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was that not the stupidest death you've ever seen on television? Even though Big Sis can swing from it in the sky, she can't go anywhere near things. I know, yeah. <laughs> Diana can swing from lightning, Donna can't even look at it. Oh no, static and shock! Ah! Superboy was right there! <laughs> <laughs> oh, but she'll be back next season anyway. They, you know, Raven's yeah. going to go into the depths of Hades and bring her out. Nicola, oh, as long as she comes with a black costume. Sorry. <laughs> yes, she'll probably have a black costume. Yes, moving swiftly on. Nicola, favorite cameo? Um, I think Ezra Miller's uh, Flash. Um, nice. And then Lisa first, slightly. Yes. Ben, what about you? <sighs> my heart is saying Kevin Conroy because he is my <laughs> absolute god. Yeah. But at the same time, my head's saying, "Well, do you know what, Ezra Miller," because I did not see it coming, and my jaw. 
genuinely dropped about that and then I'm thinking but no but then my heart is going back to Constantine and there's oh my god there's too many I can't pick one but if anything this is going to be really really lame I'm going to say green the Green Lantern tease I okay. know people hated the movie but I'm that. amazing that Jim you've actually enjoyed the movie that's brilliant because uh, no, I, 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 I think it's I've got an article come in that I've drafted it's about the Green Lantern it wasn't that as bad as people think Although, yeah, okay, it was, but I've got a soft spot for it. But I just think, it, you know, just the acknowledgement and existence, you know, that the Green Lanterns are a thing and we've got a show coming. Because um, the, uh, the whole kind of Green Lantern series is one of my favourite kind of comic book series that I just can invest all my time in. So just, yeah, just the Green Lantern tease. As, yeah, if you have to do the Ryan Reynolds film, whatever. It's just Green Lanterns exist, so I'll go Green Lantern. I always forget that the best friend in the Ryan Reynolds film was Taika Waititi. Yeah. Every yeah. time I see that film, I'm like, oh, yeah. it's Taika Waititi. <laughs> is that what he looks like? <laughs> to be yes, fair, right, like. that that film is not as bad as people remember. No, no it's I not. don't think it is. I the worst part about it is the costume. Awful. Yeah. Awful. The, the costume is awful. Yeah. But everything else about that, mm, not everything. No. The, the costume's <laughs> awful. But Killawog, Sinestro, yeah, yeah, smash that out of the park. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And am I right in thinking? Yeah, Greg Belanti wrote it. Yeah, he did. Mm. That's why he put it in. Yeah. Greg, uh, yeah, it was Greg Belanti and Mark Guggenheim. They wrote Green Lanterns. Yeah, fair play. <laughs> Rob, favorite cameo? I feel like I'm being predictable and going with Ezra. Don't think that's predictable. No, I think it's completely. Oh, I thought you'd all say that. I sort of did. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That's that's my choice, Ezra Miller. I think good. it's just really nice for them that there was stuff that didn't come out mm. apparently that's the one that they were teasing before Christmas that they were going to say as as the big announcement that they were going to make and then they decided not to um, and I'm glad they didn't because why would, oh, you announce ruined why would you announce that exactly yeah that would have ruined it exactly and let's just hope that it leads to some big things in his film when it comes out fingers crossed yeah. it's made me more excited for his film yeah definitely which is weird. I was excited anyway, but yeah. I'm like, oh, this adds all new elements to it. Uh, yeah. yeah, it yeah. does. Any final thoughts from any of you on Crisis on Infinite Earths? I had a wonderful time watching it, and I had an even more wonderful time chatting to you fine people about it. Aww. Not Creep. Rob. <laughs> <laughs> you get to chat to Such him all awesome. the time. Anyone no, else? it doesn't because I've blocked him everywhere now. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else anything that they want to say? I'm just going to be a bit cheesy as well and just say, yeah, Uh-oh. I just think, you know, as much as I have enjoyed it, I just think being being invited by you lovely people to come, you know, talk about it was just been, yeah, it's been really enjoyable and this podcasting thing's a bit of all right. <laughs> yeah. Quite good fun. Do, you get it, do it, do it, do <laughs> it. Watch this space. That's all I'll say. Nicola, any final thoughts on Crisis? Uh, Sarah is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Amen. Or a woman. <laughs> Martin? Uh, no, it's just a, a, a good old render. Yep, I would agree. Uh, and I think that if anybody takes anything away from this, it's that we should all sit down and watch Birds of Prey. Oh god! Well, that's not happening. <laughs> this is just like a snapshot of my life. No, it's not. I never talk about this program all the time. I think, I think the takeaway is everyone should rewatch the Green Lantern film. 
I know what I am going agree. to. Good. I think that's what I'm probably going to do tomorrow. Good, and then wait a couple of days, and then you'll have an article on our website. So, <laughs> you know, that's exciting. We'll look out for that. Okay, well, that brings us to the end of this epic journey that has been Crisis on Infinite Podcasts. Um, I didn't actually write anything to say to say thank you to all of you, but um, I would just like to be very cheesy myself and say thanks to everyone for joining us on this crazy, wild, Bebo-filled ride of <laughs> awesomeness from... Uh, me sending Rob a random WhatsApp and saying, Rob, I have an idea and I think it's really stupid. <laughs> Do you think this would I work? Send, I send Rob those messages all the time. <laughs> Rob, I've got this idea. I think it's mental. <laughs> and yeah. he's normally like, yes, yes, Jim, it is. Do it anyway. All right. That, that is essentially what he said to me. I would just like to thank all of you for coming along on this very cool big group chat about Crisis on Infinite Earths. You are all amazing. Thank That's you so much. It's been amazing. So until next time a crisis threatens the multiverse and we have to bring this group of legends back together, I have been Neil and I'm joined by my co-host Martin. Say goodbye, Martin. Goodbye, Martin. We have the Titans of Earth-9, Jim and Rob. Goodbye, guys. Bye! Ben from X-Geeks, it has been an honour, sir. Thank you very much and see you later, guys. And Nicola from We Have a Hulk. I'll see you at the Picture House next week for uh, for The Lighthouse. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.